How we doing today? How we doing, everybody? Black, how's it going, sir? It's going good, man. That's good. That's good. That's good. I saw something. I saw something earlier this week, Black. I want to kind of, kind of stir the pot a little bit. So I was uh watching a little uh sports talk radio on the YouTube, and it was having a debate, and uh it's college football related, mm-hmm. and I know the answer. Uh, to this question. I know we'll get another answer. But they said, what if, what if the 2008 Florida Gators were to take the field against the 2013 Florida State Seminoles? And, and, and you know, the, the two gentlemen were giving some interesting takes on, you know, the offense of Florida State versus the defense of Florida that would that were where the game would come down to. And um, someone actually picked Florida to beat us, Black. They said the 2008 Gators defensively would have gave us enough problems where they would have won that contest. So, Black, what do you think about that? Just that, that dream game scenario, the 2008 Florida Gators, 2013-14 Florida State Seminoles, Talk to me, Black. I really, to be honest with you, I really believe that would have been a hell of a match. Sure. Hell of a match, but um, sure. I'm pretty sure the 2013 Florida State defense was top-notch as well, right? As I recall. Uh, yeah. Um, There's a lot of first-rounders on that defense as well, right? As I recall. Oh, okay. Um. I think I think it's a close game, but I think I think Florida State wins it by fourteen. Ooh. Um I think we get uh Mr. Timothy Tebow to make a mistake here and there. You know, make him a little uncomfortable. You know, he wasn't too used in his career to being uncomfortable. So okay. I feel like that defense with Jalen Ramsey, Christian mm. Jones, uh, Big Tim Jernigan mm. in the middle, you know, and uh, Lamarcus Joyner on the bike end, yeah. like Jaylen just those. Ramsey. I feel like those guys would cause some problems for, for Tim Tebow. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, mm. um, some someone that's sitting in this room said oh. that. They don't really believe in Tebow throwing the ball downfield, mm. you know. So, you know, I really believe Tebow wouldn't have been able to get that done against that 2013 uh, Florida State team. Well, it is funny that you should say that there is someone in the room. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He has returned. The one, the only. I like to call him the illustrious Freddie Bricks is back. Fred! Yeah, What's man. good? Going <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Say we haven't played. We haven't played a defense. Mm, you see, you know what I'm saying? Like we only played mm-hmm. uh, defenses. Now this was people got to remember at this time in the SEC. Uh-huh. Urban Meyer was not not Urban Meyer, but uh, Nick Saban was knocking at the door for like. I'm going to say two to three years. He was knocking, but he didn't have, like, he never had superstars, uh-huh. Heisman. It was nothing flashy about Alabama. Yeah. Uh, but that Rolando McClain team, like, I could just remember that. Because I remember them almost beating us in that SEC championship. Yeah. I think it, we won by maybe 10. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, mm. went on to, uh, who we play at that? Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma? For the national title game. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to lie, Oklahoma gave it. Even though I feel like we handled them pretty decently, they stood up. I get, I get them respect. Like uh, Matt Bradford, whatever the fuck his name Sam is, Sam Bradford. Stood up. Sam Bradford 
he stood up. But let me let me. T- I don't think the def. I don't think Florida State's defense would present a problem to us. I think if Tebow was a thrower, it would present a problem to us. Mm-hmm. That's why I think if Tebow was more orthodox, uh-huh. I think it would present a problem. But the way our offense was built, um, I think long as we know what side of the field Jalen Ramsey is on, mm-hmm. we can be on the other side of that field. No, I'm saying that because like, I just feel like it's going to be hard to get outside yards with him being out there on either side of the field. Okay. For Tebow. And, and for like, we got, you know, we had Rainey on this. We had a bunch of outside mm-hmm. niggas. So understanding where he going to be at. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Understanding where he's going to be in that defense. Sure. And I'm um, moving on from there now. Um, oh. um, no, they matter. I'm not. I'm not saying, but but you know, we got a and, and okay, we had Tebow, we had Jeff Demps, uh, Rainey. Black. You know what I'm saying, Manuel Moody. You Black. know what I'm saying. We had uh, Murphy, Percy Harvin, Nelson, Riley Cooper. Race yeah. Stats was on that team. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Demps was on that team. Tate Casey. Mm-hmm. That was a loaded. The, the Pouncy Twins on the line. Sure. Track went on at the tight end. Sure. We, the way we played offense, and like I said. It wasn't like I said. If you put sexy Rexy on that team, no, 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 no. You know, no, 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 no. I, 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 know, I, think, I know what you're saying. I, I honestly think it'll be a better game. Absolutely, it will. Tebow against that Florida State team. So, are you coming out and virtually admitting right here on episode <laughs> 60 of the Sports Desk that the 2000 and Aaron Hernandez, the 2014 Florida State Seminoles would have oh. knocked off your 2008 Florida Gators. Is that what you're underlying saying there, no, Fred? No, I'm underlying the saying. Like, oh, I think okay. we would have uh, we, we would have took care of Florida State. I think we had one loss that year. I think yeah, you it did. came to it like old Miss. Yeah, it you came to somebody we shouldn't have. Uh, at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, <laughs> the unranked <laughs> Rebels came into town. 90,000 fans in Eli. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Same one, Eli. No, Ben Hill Griffin. Exactly. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. <laughs> 30 it to was, 31. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't. Eli was in the league. Eli was in the league. It's 2008. Because you know the You know the T-Bowl. 2008. This was, who was this? That's a great question. I remember who it was. It was somebody now. It wasn't nobody, It was somebody. You made that bitch. Don't, don't make me go here, bro. <laughs> nah, but I, I here, think, bro. like, what I agree with, I agree with Ernest. Like, I think it, I, it's going to be a game. Like, that's honestly, that's yeah, all man. you can really ask for at the end of the all day. Right. All the other semantics. Like, niggas gonna really have to play 10 times to really see who would be the better team, in my opinion. I just don't think you could play one time and figure out which one of those teams Starting is better. quarterback for the Ole Miss Rebels that year was the one and Olin only Javon Sneed. Sneed. I, I fucking knew it. I was just... When you, hey, when you go back and listen to this, I want everybody to listen. I, I said, like, you hear me almost finish say Sneed, but I'm like, nah, that couldn't be That's Sneed. who the elite. The legend. That Sneed Gators. was a legend. He a, he a legend, legend now. He a legend now. He a legend now. He, he beat the old he a legend. He's the reason we got that spot. <laughs> yeah, from yeah, Tim legend. Tebow. Yeah. But this is what it is. Listen, this and I swear to you. Listen, let me. I'm gonna look you and you let me, and you and let, I. Let me tell you. Gators, <laughs> but never, ever, ever. I swear, the Florida Gators will play hard. They will play fast. You would never see a team come out there and do anything better for the rest of the season. And we ain't lose God a game. <laughs> and we ain't lose a game. And we, the Florida Gators, went on to win the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But honestly, though, and, like, and this would be hard for y'all to argue with this point. This okay. the only, really, all this shit is arguable, but like, this is the one thing that is not arguable. Okay. You know what we're going to beat y'all at? And you know it. What I'm going to get ready to say. What's the one area we're going to beat y'all at? 
Just think about it. Think about if you put those two teams on the field. Just think about um, put those programs at that time on the field. What's the one thing we got over y'all? What, culture? We, yeah, bingo. Culture? The greatest coach of all time, Urban Meyer. Damn Mullen. I mean, that was a loaded coaching staff. Jimbo is... Uh, it's a problem. It's a, it's a problem. You know, I'm, I'm, now, you you tell me Bobby Bowden. Okay. I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you tell me, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to bark. I'm it, not going to bark at that. But and the only reason I say Bobby Bowden, I'm not even saying Bobby Bowden to say he outcoached the X's and O's on him. But, I know what but you mean. He was the ultimate head coach. Yeah. He his, was a leader right, of his, men. His, his musk was around. Yeah. He didn't need to tell you shit. You came to that program and knew what time it was. I got you. That wasn't there. You had Jimbo, the uprising Jimbo there. Yeah, Jimbo he won Urban Meyer. He won and, Urban Meyer. And that Meyer. was a great team, great one. He was loaded. But Urban Meyer, he, Urban Meyer take that shit wherever he goes. I agree with you. Because you see what happened I, to us. It, a 10-year dip and got the... He yeah. take that shit wherever he go. Now, Jimbo win a national championship at A&M next year. I could re, I'll revisit the same thing and be like, you know what? Well, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Urban, he got an aura about himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he had command we, of that team. But I if think, we sitting here talking about exit, I understand the coach. I understand that Urban Meyer. I won't even. I, I won't even argue with that. But we are talking about X's and O's here. We have to remember Jimbo Fisher is one of the best play callers in college football. Yeah. When he was at LSU with Nick Saban as the offensive coordinator, yeah. as the offensive coordinator at Florida State before he came to head coach. Sure. Like, Who was your offensive it, coordinator on that? Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher was, yeah. So he going up against Dan Mullen and he going up against Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Now, who was y'all defensive coordinator? Um, Charlie Strong. Who we talking about? We talking about? We talking about our twenty thirteen defense? Yeah. Um, Tennessee coach. He was he was Tennessee's coach. That was at Georgia. That was at Georgia. I can't think his name right now. Who? Elmo. It didn't matter. <laughs> he came. He, listen, he left Alabama to come to Florida State Amen. to be the D coordinator. And then we won a title. Look, man, yeah, like look, look, <laughs> look, 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 look. I, I'm, and I'll be the first to say, Urban Meyer is a better leader, leader. of men than Jimbo Fisher. I won't say X's and O's. I X's can't give and him O's. That. I can't give him that either. Yeah, I can't give you X's and O's. No, no, because he's a leader. A leader, he a leader of young men. I'll take I'll a give great. You that. I'll take a great leader over a great but X's even, and O's guy. I would. Well, I'm literally talking about play yeah, the staff. He, the Florida had an excellent staff, though. He took it to Ohio State. Damn he did. Mother, they didn't Ohio State. You're right. He, You're he right. Because he, he a leader, bro. He did. But he got a playbook. Like, he, he revolutionized. But, and seriously, seriously, I'll say this. He, Florida State, y'all had great players on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Demp, we never heard from Demps after that run. Yeah. We didn't hear peep from Chris Rainey after that run. <laughs> the only speedster we heard, Marley Cooper, whatever his name is. After that run, some of these players want to be the greatest. But Jalen Rams want to be the greatest defensive back of all time. Thanks to guys. I mean, Joe Hayes was straight. Joe Hayes is gonna go down as a great DB, but he ain't Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Like join all them niggas that was on that team. I got you. So I, got you. I, I just think like that. Look, all them that those weren't like star pro players like y'all had. Look. It was all Urban Meyer just putting niggas in the right space, Correct. and that was all I'm saying. Correct. But but at the end of the day. The question still remains, who would win the game? The 2008 Florida Gators versus the 2014 Florida State Seminoles. I'll kick it off. Florida State wins by two touchdowns over the Florida Gators. I got, I got FSU. 
by two touchdowns as well. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, Fred. Uh, I, I got Florida. I got Florida Gators. Sure. I got them by seventeen, but I don't think. God. It's, no, just listen. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I just think like we were well, so, so fast careful. that like we could be up three with four minutes left. You know fast. what I'm saying? And it's just I think Jameis Winston's gonna throw one of those famous interceptions that he'll throw trying to get y'all back. Y'all gonna be down maybe three or seven points, and that's okay. gonna be hay into the house. So we we gonna stack it up at the end, but seventeen. So y'all gonna make us pay? Yeah, yeah seventeen. Cause man, we went. Cause we made Oklahoma play no, like that. You know? Man, no. watch out, man. Watch out, bro. I'm not finna. I let him talk and talk and let him try to believe himself. But I'm a chill though. So our listeners out there, we got some passionate college football fans out there. I know Cedric Farr is somewhere out there boiling, boiling. His blood is just sizzling right now listening to this conversation. Y'all let us know. In a fantasy game, who will win? The 2008 Florida Gators versus the 2014 Florida State Seminoles. We would love to hear from you. The Rock understands what took place. The night you won King of the Ring, you got down on your knees, put your little hands together, and you said a prayer, and it sounded like this. Oh, dear God. You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. <laughs> And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom. Who was on crack? It's almost extinct. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who came out. Everybody who came out. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? Welcome Jesse back. James. Yes, the road dog, Jesse road James. Dog. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. This is episode 60. It is a pleasure to be back one more time. I'm your man, Desiree L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. And this your man, Black. We back for another episode, one of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Yes, sir. And of course, of course, you've heard the man is back in the yes, building. Sir, yes, sir. Fred, what's good, man? How's man, it going? Bricks, this is great. Everything's great. Good. You know what I'm saying? It was post last dance. Okay. You know what yep. I'm saying? Let's see if we can post there or not. Yeah, we, 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 got, we got some I good. I the GOAT conversation there. We appreciate that. Well, Fred, it's, inter- it's interesting that you should say that. We're going to give you an opportunity mm. to reply mm. um, to the episode last week. I, I talked to Fred personally mm. throughout the last seven days, <laughs> and he confessed to me some things he was going through. Yeah. We're going to give Fred... An opportunity mm. in a little bit. Sweet, okay, well, go oh, ahead. Oh, now. oh, my fault. You were yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Just give me, just give me one second. Want to okay, address okay, something, Chris? Fred is, <laughs> Fred is chomping at the bench. Let's pay respect to Fred. Want to jump ahead of the show real quick? <laughs> all right, all right. But before we get started, man, you usually have the sports this. We're all sports. We're all fun. We're all everything, man. But uh, we just want to take a few minutes to acknowledge, you know, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our country. 
Um, I'll kick it off here. Enough is enough. How many times have we heard it? We're sick of seeing unarmed black men, women being killed senselessly in the streets, televised for the world to see. And there ain't been no change. There's been a little bit of progression if you want to give it that, but there's been no change. So I appreciate everybody speaking right now while the times are heavy, while it's heated. I appreciate the tweets. I appreciate the Instagram posts. I appreciate it all. But keep this same energy three months from now. Keep this same attitude a year from now, two years, three years from now. Keep this same energy while my son is five years old. Hmm. I'll keep the same energy when he's 15 and he's 18. Let's make sure we're doing and we're playing our part. If you want to hear a beautiful breakdown of everything that's going on, you can check out the Reduce Such podcast. Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's Man. It's now available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can hear a passionate outtake uh, from us on everything that is going on. But here at the Sports Desk, we want to speak our minds and say, enough is enough. You're damn right. Change needs to be happening right now. Play your part. Get with it and stick with it. Black, got anything on that? And rest in peace. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, George Floyd, man. Just uh, very sad. Not just him, man. A uh, whole bunch of others, man. Unfortunately. Uh, Ahmaud, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey. Avery. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's just sad, man, that we have to be dealing with this in this time where we are. And um, I just, only thing that I can really think about, and I'm pretty sure I can speak for all of us sitting up here, we're raising little black kids in the midst of this. You know, and and... To have this going on still, you know, to this day, it's 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 ridiculous. You know, our kids are gonna. I I pray my prayer is that when our kids grow up and start really understanding what's going on, like we wouldn't have to, we don't have to have these conversations or be dealing with this. Yeah. But um, man, it's 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 really it's really sad to see everything that's going on in the world, man. And I know everybody's taking handling it different and going different ways about the way they're mm-hmm. showing emotion and what they're doing. But um, it has to stop, man. It has to stop. The mm-hmm. the killing has to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is America. This is supposed to be the land of the free. Mm-hmm. You know, we supposed to we supposed to be in this together. But mm-hmm. it's it obviously is not the land of the free, man. Mm-hmm. If we dealing with this, uh, it seems like week in and week out, we hear something or something's going on with a, mm-hmm. another black man or a black mm-hmm. woman being being killed mm-hmm. by a cop. But this has to stop, man. All my my condolences go out to everyone. Yeah, I want to thank all the the athletes who stepped up and you know said something on this matter. LeBron from LeBron from Floyd Mayweather, who's mm-hmm. going to pay for a George Floyd mm-hmm. funeral. You know, stepping in to to just help, man, and. Let everyone know that mm. this foolishness needs to stop in the rural. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Fred, real quick, you know. Yeah, I gave pretty much most of my thoughts on uh, reduced lunch. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but just to, in the sports sense of it all, like yeah. it, I think times like this always shows the major difference between football players and basketball players. Yeah. And um, if you just... If you look at the way each athlete is brought up, you kind of see why. Like a basketball player is always closer to the street, the AAU shit, and out closer, yeah. And and a football sport is like a real rich man's country club sport. Mm -hmm. Elite And if you were good, right? And if you a good young black dude, you get accepted into this world that other young black dudes never experienced. Because your talent, right? So when you get to the like other side of this shit, 
Like you just hear a lot of stuff they saying, like, yeah. how they, and I don't blame them. Look, it's the environment you grew up in, but it's just awesome to, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, basketball players, man. They really like, mm-hmm. I mean, all of them. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The coaches, like the NBA coaches, mm-hmm. is coming together making a shout uh, out Greg Popovich. Yeah, they making a little coalition shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For Steve the players, Kerr. shout out Steve Kerr. You know, they just ahead of all this shit, bro. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to applaud the NBA. Uh, personally, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and um, and Colin Kaepernick, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he don't look how, look how like. It's a funny. It's a, it's a lot of people wishing that we could go back to the Colin Kaepernick days. Like, yeah. oh y'all was just trying to kneel. Shit, yeah. let's go. Let's please, kneel. right? Let's, please. let's kneel again. Please, please, let's kneel. But you know, like like Fred said, he said it beautifully. This is a sports show, but we are black men. Yeah. Okay, we're living out here in America as black men. And um, we wanted to say, you know, our peace and give our regards. And we mean that. So you guys stay safe out there and let's start changing things. Because if not, the next time you see action like this, it's going to be worse. Just keep that in mind. The next time there's going to be action like this, you could be seeing it in your front yard. So let's keep that in mind. All right. Let's get back to some sports talk. All right, Black, you know, um... Star bitch of cut, you kind of blew me off last week, man. You kind of said yeah. that my 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 star bitch of cut was cut was kind of soft last week. Yeah, man. I think you ain't. I think you kind of okay. okay. You don't got it no All more, right. man. Got it no more after one week, yeah, dog. That's kind of hard, black. All right, well, yeah. you know what? Find out that yeah, cause we gonna, we gonna, you, you you told me you was gonna bring it every week. I got you, black. Oh, okay. I'm All sorry right. for this. I'm All I'm right. sorry for disappointing you and letting you oh, down, black. Okay. So uh, let's get to it. Let's see if I'm uh losing it this week. <laughs> Get with it, man. This week's edition of Star Bench or Cut is a little bit different. I thought I, you know, kind of build up the stakes a little bit on Black. So, Black, here we go. Down, down three. You need a shot to tie the game, or you're going home. Your season is over. It's not three participants this week. It's four. So you're going to start one, you're going to bitch one, and you're going to cut two. Mm. Here we go. Shooting guard from the Indiana Pacers, Reggie Miller. Shooting guard from the Supersonics, from the Boston Celtics, from the Miami Heat, from the Milwaukee Bucks, Ray Allen. Shooting guard from the Golden State Warriors, Stephon Wardale Curry. And shooting guard from the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson. That's right. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Game for your season. You missed this three, you go home. You make it, you're alive, and you go to overtime. Who you starting? Who you benching? And what two gentlemen are you cutting, Ernest? <laughs> Yeah, talk to me, Black. What we got shaking, baby? Oh, huh? look man. at him! Look, 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 look. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna start Reggie Miller. <laughs> I'm going to bench 
Ray Allen, and I'm cutting Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you sure about that? And who was starting? He's starring Reggie. He mm. benching Ray, and he's sending the greatest <laughs> shooter of all time home. Okay. Fred. Um, who you starting? Who you benching? No, and what no, two you no, sending home? I'm, I'm I know how you coming. Yeah, I'm starting what's proven. I'm, I'm starting what's proven to work. You got to move mm. through niggas to get the shot. Not okay. dancing prissy. You niggas mm. can't put your hand check. I'm going Reggie Miller to start. Of course. That nigga push Jordan. That nigga push the God out the way to get a game went on. That's who I'm taking for with the first starting. Um, and I and I, I got to agree. I'm taking Ray because Ray Allen kind of cut from that cloth too. So I can't bitch him. Like if I if I know my season on the line, you okay. know what I'm saying. The, the defense know that too. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So we I seen Kevin Love shut Curry down. I can't okay. I can't put my season on. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Clay okay. Thompson, you if he in the if he wide open, maybe but I don't know if he gonna be open. I know with Ray Allen and uh, Reggie Miller, it don't matter what the fuck going on. We seen the greatest shot of all time when he backed up in the sure. corner and shot it. Greatest clutch and shot Reggie ever. Miller. So that's what I'm going. I'm going. What's proven? Okay. What my eyes have seen. Ten four. I am. <laughs> I am starting Reggie Miller. Mm, okay. I am benching Clay Thompson. And I am sending Ray Allen and Steph Curry to the house. I'm going to elaborate on what Fred said. On what my eyes seen. I seen Klay Thompson and the 7-3-9 and and Golden State Warriors down three games to two. Game six in Oklahoma City against the quote-unquote best player in the league, Kevin Durant. And he dropped a 50-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> 11 three-pointers and held up game seven. And you know who was behind him holding up game seven? Oh, yeah, the guy who didn't hit 11 threes, Wardell Curry. <laughs> it was hard for me to go against Ray Allen because he hit the greatest clutch shot of all time. The most consistent three-point shooter stat-wise is Ray Allen. Better than Larry Bird and Reggie Miller. Seth Curry is right on his heels, but currently right now it is Ray Allen. But I've seen Klay Thompson. They call him Game 6 Clay. So in order to get a nickname like that, that means you do this in the playoffs when your life is on the line. And oh yeah, before he tore his ACL against the Toronto Raptors in Game 4. Ooh, I forgot. Ooh, he I forgot. was rolling, yes, rolling, he rolling, was. rolling, rolling. <laughs> yes, He's he rolling, was. rolling. Ooh. So we talking about big clutch moments. We talking about when everything on the line. I've seen Clay Thompson do it a couple times. I'm going Clay Thompson. I'm going Reggie Miller. Steph Curry, Ray Allen, keep the bench warm. <laughs> All right. All right, man. So we're going to transition into our sound of the week. And I, I love when I see um, um, videos and interviews of, of, of sports worlds colliding. All right. Would you like to know who got the five most games of all time? Sure, sure. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll start at four. Starting with four with... Uh, 56% uh, field goal, uh, Kobe Bryant with 14. Game winners? Yeah, 14 Shout game winners. And, this is, and, and outside of this list, like, it goes to 9 and 8 and all that. You know, a bunch of people tied. Then you got right above him with 15, Ray Allen. You got right above him, surprisingly, Vince Carter yeah. at 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go-ahead yeah. winning shots. I'm not surprised by that. And that number one, LeBron James with 17. Mm. 
Who was that? Of all time. I don't think Jordan is. I don't think Jordan got more than three game winning shots. Who was that last person that you? Oh, LeBron James. LeBron well, James. Well, we throwing the shots early Le- in the show. LeBron early. James. Well, just case y'all, didn't, just case y'all didn't hear, man. LeBron James. Le- LeBron James. Okay, so thank you, Fred, uh, for those magnificent stats. Okay. All right, so we're going to transition to our sound of the week, and I love when sports worlds collide. So um, I was scrolling down looking for material, and I saw sexual chocolate, aka the world's strongest man. AKA Mark Henry giving an interview on his first encounter with a certain megastar at the 19, uh, I think it was the 92 uh, Olympic Games. So um, it's not a comedic one, but it's a good story. So y'all check out Mark Henry's first time meeting this megastar. At the 96 Olympics, you ran into Michael 96. Jordan. Yep, got to, got to meet the great Michael Jordan. Right, didn't go too well though. Not, not at first. And, and, and the story, the, the way the story goes is, is Michael asks, who, who are you? Because I didn't fit in. You know, I was in an environment where it was all basketball players. And he was like, who is this big guy? And I understand that. But my mother used to say, be careful what you say, but even be, be more careful of how you say it. And the way that he said it to me was very disrespectful, I thought. And I checked him about it, and he apologized. Hell, he, he invited me to his birthday party at the All-Star Game. And I went to his birthday party and, you know, said happy birthday and thanks for the invite and had a good time and took my ass home. <laughs> gotcha. That would have been interesting. Uh, Mark Henry, Michael Jordan, fist fight <laughs> at the Olympics. It, it wouldn't have been interesting. That would not have been interesting. International news. <laughs> Oh, it it would made it would have made world news, but it wouldn't yep. have been, it wouldn't have looked good for me. Yeah, so basically, Mark Henry was saying he met Jordan and Jordan tried him. He kind of disrespected him, saying, "Who are you?" And Mark Henry let him know straight up, watch your mouth. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And, and, and his interview uh, was letting him know, you know, it would have been a fist fight. And Mark Henry said, "No, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been nothing really too cranky going on yeah. with me and MJ." <laughs> and of course, MJ invited him to his birthday party later on. And made it a respectable thing to say hello to Mark Henry uh, at his birthday party. So <laughs> I love when sports, uh, the different worlds of sports collide. I, pretty, I thought that was a pretty dope story um, uh, between Mark Henry and the great, illustrious, your goat, Michael Jordan. All right, man, we're going to transition into our top five. Uh, pretty good one this week, man. So last week before we, uh, uh, well, let's, let's do our thing real quick before we give our top five. Alrighty, let's get into it. So last week's top five, we have some great participation on the GOAT episode. You can get that right now on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Y'all check that out. So we had a few of our supporters and our listeners kind of chime in on their top five greatest NBA sports moments. We're going to kick it off with the great Freddie Bricks. At number five, he says Allen Iverson put a thousand points on the best team of all time and they only lost, and, they, and that was their only loss in the playoffs. Y'all remember that. 
uh, as we get later on in the show. And number four, Reggie Miller's game winner over Michael Jordan. He didn't say the Bulls. He said over Michael Jordan. And he just put LeBron's game sixes. I'm guessing all of them from the great LeBron James. The Celtics one, yeah. The greatest probably playoff performance of all time. Uh, Kyrie Irving shot over Seth Curry game seven uh, for the championship. And at number one, which this is a good, this is a great one. Somehow, some way, Tracy McGrady scored thirty thousand points in thirty-three seconds in a basketball game. T-Mac scoring thirteen points in thirty-three seconds. We got our man Wolfman Quest, man, showing some love. He said number five was Allen Iverson's crossover over MJ. Hmm, MJ getting all kind of shots right now. Uh, AI step over Tyron Lue is number four for him. Mm. Number three, Jordan switching hands with the layups. Uh, game two uh, versus the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Kobe's 81. It's his number two. And uh, Jordan's last shot over Utah uh, is his number one. All right. Uh, and, and last but not least, I want to show my boy, uh, not that Larry Bird, some love. Big supporter for the whole Reduce Lush brand, man. So shout out Larry uh, for uh, always supporting us. So at number five, say Jordan dropping 55 in the garden after retirement. Kobe lobbing the shack to advance to the 2000 NBA Finals. LeBron bringing the chip to Cleveland. Yes, sir. It was number three for him. Number two was Reggie Miller destroying the Knicks and trolling Spike Lee afterwards. And number one for him was Michael Jordan's uh, last shot. All right, Booker, chill out. All right. New sports dance. All right, so let's get into it. This week, this week, all right, we're going to go your favorite running backs from the National Football League. That's right. Your top five running backs from the NFL. So, Black. Black, cook this topic up for us this week, man. Talk to me, Black. Give me your top five NFL running backs of all time. All right. At number five, I got Mr. Frank Gore at number five. Oh, my word. Over, over 1,900 yards all purpose in his career. At number four, I got LaDainian, Tom, LaDainian Thomason. Over uh, over 1,800 yards from scrimmage in his career. At number three, I got Adrian Peterson. Almost 1,700 yards all-purpose all in his career. And then number two, I got Emmitt Smith. Almost 2,200 yards from scrimmage in his career. Oh, 22,000 yards from scrimmage in his career. And then at number one, the great, the best running back ever, in my opinion, Mr. Barry Sanders. Mm. 18, almost 1,900 yards all-purpose from scrimmage. Okay. All righty, then. I'm putting Fred on the spot. I, that? Give me a second. I, I failed Fred giving, giving him an opportunity, so I'm going to go ahead and go uh, yeah. while Fred gets his top five together. Me, at number five, I got Adrian Peterson at number five. I've never seen a more violent runner of the football than Adrian Peterson. Uh, number four, fan favorite for me, love watching Maurice Jones-Drew. M-J-D. Uh, uh, he was like a ping pong, you know, out there in the machine every single Sunday. It was a joy watching number 32 here in Duval when Duval was relevant. All right, uh, number three, LaDainian Thomason. LaDainian Thomason had swag. He was a great player, but I love the swag with the visor, flashy. I like the little celebration he did when he scored touchdowns. Big LT fan for his style. Probably more so than him being a running back. I look forward to his style. Number two, Barry Sanders. Um, just an electric, electric player way before his time. He introduced athleticism again to the running back position after guys like Eric Dickerson 
had come and gone. Barry Sanders reintroduced that to us. And at number one, I mean, obviously, the the, the all-time leading rusher in the National Football League. <laughs> I don't understand the debate of him and Barry Sanders. We could talk about that for another day. But it is Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith is my number one favorite running back of all time. All right, Fred, yeah. you got yourself together over there? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we know you gave you a minute, uh, little bit of time there, but shoot yeah, me your yeah, top five yeah. running backs right. that you enjoy, sir. So I got, um, okay, okay, I got, all right, number five. At number five, I got Emmett Smith, the uh, Florida uh, Gator great, um, uh-huh. all-time leading rusher. Uh-huh. Um, at number four, I have CJ2K. Oh, okay. Uh, formerly of the Titans. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Or the Rock a Grill that okay. way. And, oh, yeah. Represent. Run that way, run a 4 2. I, I just uh-huh. love to style. At number three, we have Marshall Falk. Okay. You know, it is a great, I mean, okay. you probably never see a running back with the ball in his hands like that. Uh, again, greatest show on turf. Yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? Uh, yeah. Number two, we have OJ Simpson. Um, the legendary OJ Simpson, and um, you know he was the best thing going in a short amount of time as Lord, well. He, he had like what two thousand yards and fourteen games or something Lord, crazy like mercy. that. And number one uh, running back of all time, uh, he had the greatest quote of all time when he was asked in the locker room why he didn't die for a fumble. He chuckled and said, "For who." For what? And that is Ricky Waters <laughs> of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, my dad is the my greatest dad. running back of all time. <laughs> yeah, my dad was a huge. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. For what? For who? Yeah, I remember that one, man. That's bringing back some memories, Dale. Yeah, my dad was a big Ricky Waters fan, man. Especially when he was with the 49ers, man. Yeah, shout out wherever you are, Ricky Waters. Maybe you'll hear this uh, episode if you just so happen to hear this. Shout out to you you good sir all right man we're gonna get into our tweet of the week man and you know the last dance you know it 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 provides more content now that it is over now black you know listen and we watched on i believe it was episode three of the last dance i believe it was going around uh for the dream team and there's been this big huge debate man why wasn't Isaiah Thomas? Why? Why? He is considered the greatest um, um, point guard outside of Magic Johnson. Why wasn't he there? They asked Michael Jordan, Mike, did you have anything to do with Isaiah Thomas? Mike said, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. You want to blame it on me? Blame it on me. But it's funny how Mike didn't tell the whole truth. That's right, Michael Jordan is a liar. Audio has surfaced, it's been quickly removed from the internet, so you cannot hear this audio anymore. But thank God for Kendrick Perkins. Here we go. This is a tweet from Kendrick Perkins. I'm glad that Michael Jordan is not my goat. He's a liar. He lied. He threw everybody under the bus. At the end of the day, the last dance was to make MJ look like a superhero, pre-hero, and make everyone else look like a villain. How in God's green earth, with no disrespect quotation marks, was Christian Leitner and John Stockton invited before the great Isaiah Thomas? Shout out to Big Perk. Mm. Uh, shout out to uh, Big Sean, J Electronica. Uh, I forgot who 
All right, man. So, yeah, that was a uh, tweet uh, from the great Big Perk, Kendrick Perkins. Uh, before we get into our topics, did anybody else besides me feel that Michael Jordan was telling a bold-faced lie <laughs> when they was asking him about uh, the uh, Isaiah Thomas not being on the Dream Team? Anybody else feel that way? Yes, I knew from when we was watching the show he was telling a damn lie. Because <laughs> what what other reason would he not be on the team, bro? He hated Isaiah Guts. That's, that's just enough said in that. Yep. You know, he was lying when he – I knew he was lying when he was talking about it, when he said uh, it wasn't his decision. Yeah. To for Isaiah not to be there, you're a you're a liar. Yeah, you are lied. a liar. Yeah, and lied. I'm I'm with Kendrick Perkins. I'm happy you're not my goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. about a couple of things. Um, you know what I'm saying. I have about pinpointed here, but you could just tell it was. He he's like just a rare player that he was so great that he could just lie and people will accept it. Well, whatever. You know accept what I'm it. saying? Like. Like he's just amazing. He's the he's one of a kind. Yeah, I'll say that. I've never seen somebody who be able to bold face lie. Yep. And this nigga LeBron go bald and the and the people hate his guts. Yeah. It's something he can't control. Like this nigga MJ tell him bold face. He affect. Think about how Isaiah Thomas. This is the thing. When they went over there to Barcelona, everybody exploded. Yeah, like that whole team. Even though Jordan became, I'm not Barkley. The whole NBA, that team, the NBA. So imagine if. One of the, the second greatest point guard of all time. Like, yeah. he was supposed to be stamped on that. Yeah. Jordan, like, you're responsible for he responsible. derailing this man's whole career. And people just, it's Jordan. Yeah, they just, yeah, yeah. It's just Jordan. And you, and you know, you, I want to say something else on, on what, what Fred was saying. I could just imagine if Isaiah would have been on that Olympic team and was able to travel and go overseas. I think people yeah. would have gained... Uh, more respect for Isaiah yeah. and really seeing the type of player he was yeah, and what type of guy him. he was yeah. and he would have been a bigger star yeah, as well if if he was able to be on that team they would have saw him like mm-hmm. defensively he was the greatest he's probably the greatest defensive point guard ever yeah. if you go watch him watch film not only is he the second greatest point guard of all time but he's also the greatest defensive point guard of all time mm-hmm. like he brought flash and flair and that big smile that he had right along with Magic Johnson that's what I'm saying like he deserved to be there and, and, and now that we're getting a chance to kind of see it hear from him hear from other players it is a travesty man that he is not stamped on that dream team man so yeah so I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that Michael Jordan told a bold faced lie on the last dance all right man we're gonna get into the National Basketball Association Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. The sports desk. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, NBA NBA talk. Um, we had Fred. We had a a big debate last week that we could not get into last week, and um, it was about it. It was about the greatest team of all time. So we wasn't able to get into it. So I know we're going to get into it today. Yes. And uh, D, 
I don't know about you, uh-huh. but I'm excited about this. Uh, sure. I'm excited about the the greatest team of all time debate yep. because I think it's something big. I think it's something big like the the goat talk as well. You know, it's 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 a lot of teams that we were able to see mm-hmm. coming up, and we've seen a lot of great teams. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see. You know, wh- who what teams uh, everyone picks here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good, man. We got a lot to cover the NBA. Of course, we're going to get into the greatest team of all time. Uh, me, Black, and Smooth, we gave our teams last week. We're going to give Fred a chance to jump in here. And we're going to have a little fun, man. We're going to put these teams against one each other. We're going to have some series and try to see what we get out of it. Uh, but let's start off with the big news. The big news this week. It looks like uh, the NBA is one step closer from kicking off the season. Uh, all rumors from Woj and, and Shams and, and everybody who covers NBA that is credible is saying that the NBA has targeted July 31st as their date to return. Looks like the season will finish out in a bubble at the Wide World of Sports Arena Avenue uh, campus, what have you, um, in Orlando, Florida, down at Disney. So, um, Black, let me get your thoughts, man, on the season returning. How do you feel that we're starting to open up the light, uh, so to speak, um, with the NBA coming back? Uh, I'm excited, man. I think I, I, I think we need the NBA back. So I'm excited to um, for us for it to be coming back. I'm I'm really interested to interested to see how it's going to look on TV without fans being there and uh, how they're going to be able to say say stay safe with so many players on the court and uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they bring it back. But I'm pretty sure they already sat down and did everything they need to do to make sure to put everyone's safety first. But uh, I'm just excited, man, that I get to see the Lakers and the King back on the basketball floor, man. Yes. I wish we was able to go down to Orlando and check out the Kings. <laughs> sure. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, we missed out on the MMA, so I guess we got to miss out on this, too, with being close to home. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, during the pandemic, everyone wants to come to Florida, someone <laughs> close, somewhere close. But yeah. I'm just happy to have it back and uh, ready to see the King crown get his thrown again, and perhaps lift this trophy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fred, man, NBA back, baby. Look like they're going to be back. They're going to be making a decision this Thursday. So how do you feel about the league, man, coming Uh, back? It feels great. And I I want everybody to pay attention to how this schedule is going to shape out because I think this is how the league is going to look moving forward. Mm -hmm. Like, I think uh, opening day is going to start on Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to make it official. Like, if you, Mm -hmm. like, because the NBA is, is, is... it updates itself every year, but mm-hmm. yet and still, like I think it's really going to take charge and be like we all call Christmas opening day anyway. Yep. So like, let's open on this day, yeah. and these playoffs be leading all the way up to, right into the um, right into the regular season mm-hmm. uh, of the NFL. Because I mean, let's cut it out. Like we 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 be ready for football in the preseason. I much rather watch NBA pl- the finals than the Jags versus uh, the Houston Oilers. You know what I'm saying on CBS. <laughs> Saying Emma is streaming on Amazon, you know, to see if uh, Gardner Minshew is the guy or not against the third straight single preseason. So I think the NBA is really, even the way they shape these playoffs, like people just need to pay attention to how this goes because I think this could be a template on how we move forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I believe this is the new NBA. I believe the NBA will be starting, and I think it's perfect actually. 
if they do get a chance to move the season and start it back later around Christmas time, early December, late November, that'd be great. Um, the NFL is roaring around the time that the NBA is coming back. Now, me personally, I'm definitely watching the Lakers versus the Bucks on a Wednesday, on a Thursday night, and I am not watching the uh, uh, the Miami Dolphins versus the Minnesota Vikings uh, on Thursday night football. I'm watching LeBron and I'm watching Giannis. You know, that's what I'm watching. So I think it'll be uh I think I think it's gonna go like that. I think Adam Silver is once again gonna hit another pot of gold. But I am I am over the hill and I am through the moon that the National Basketball Association is returning. Today is June the first. We still have another literally two months from to, to get to July 31st, but just extremely excited. I was hoping and hoping that we would get a chance, man, to finish out this season. It's just too much on the line with this season. The storylines was too compelling this year. Yes, it was. Going into the league, this was the most excited I had been in a while. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge NBA fan, but coming into this season, the whole duo thing, you got AD and LeBron and Russ and Harden and, and, and Kawhi and PG and, you know, you got, you. it's just so much uh, out there, man. So you got a lot of good teams out there. We was really getting some good basketball. And it's just exciting to get it back. So I'm interested to see how they, you know, they're going to do it. I ultimately believe that uh, Commissioner uh, Silva and the uh, whole NBA staff, they're going to have this thing tight. They're going to have it ready to go, man. So we're going to see how they're going to do it. So they've been introducing a couple of things. We have some play-in games for the seventh and the eighth seed uh, in the East and the West. So rumor and innuendo is they're going to take the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, and the tenth seeds, tenth seeds um, from both conferences, put them in a group, do play-in games, and the two winners of those groups will make the playoffs. All right, because if you look at it in the Western Conference, I believe it's the Pelicans, I believe it's the Sacramento Kings, the San Antonio Spurs, Memphis and, Memphis and Portland. All mm-hmm. these teams are like maybe three or four games outside of each other, and the NBA has 25 or 26 uh, more games respectively for each team. That's a lot of games just to throw out the window yeah, and let the eight-seeded Kings make the playoffs. Now nah, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know how it would have shaped out. So, what do you think about the play-in game tournament to announce your seventh and eighth seed and uh, both respective conferences? Well, um, I'm all for it. I I I like the idea of letting the uh, bottom seeds, the bottom seeds, you know, kind of playing a mini tournament before you know the the the, the big thing, the playoffs. So, right. to see you know who would have uh, got uh, those last playoff spots, but it's I think it's ideal for teams like Portland who were struggling and. And uh, teams like, you know, the Pelicans, which I thought the Pelicans would a, a young up-and-coming team. Yep. I think they probably, would, with Zion, made a push and got to an AC, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the playoffs that the season was going on. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I'm all for the... The uh the playoff the mini play the mini tournament for those bottom seeds uh to see who gets into the playoffs. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, and then uh, right along with that, man, uh, Fred, they have two dilemmas here. They're gonna do a training camp to get the players back, you know, with their team and then trying to get some camaraderie and trying to get back in the groove. And then they're going to put the teams, I guess they're saying the teams that are pretty much in the playoffs. The Los Angeles Lakers have already clinched a playoff berth, you know, before all of this had happened. So what do you do with teams like that? Well, rumoring in you in is from Woj, from ESPN, shout out Woj. He is saying that they're going to take these other teams and put them in their own group. 
it's going to be a determination of where they're going to play 10 games, 12 games, somewhere along that to get their legs back under them because the NBA doesn't want to see a bad, rusty playoff. So, Fred, just off the top of your head, do you do you want to see something like that? Give the teams a few games and then start the playoffs automatically? Uh, yeah, I don't know, twelve, but yeah, I do. That'd be I. Right, I think East just East versus West. Uh-huh. Like how the Bucks go against the um, or uh, the Clippers or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. try to keep the conferences separate, unless they gonna do like the one through sixteen thing they were mm-hmm. saying. But if if you're gonna do East versus West, yeah, a couple games for them to get under their legs. But I think you want to save those playoff matches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we can, you know, have something fresh. I don't want to see the Lakers versus Clippers like before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If the Clippers make it that far, because I honestly don't think they will. But mm-hmm. if they can get past the Rockets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We'll we'll see. But I'm with it. Yeah, I, I think I think it'd be a good a good spin. Um, if they could just get these. If you could let the Lakers beat up on the Magic, let the you know get the get the Lakers in there to beat up on the Cavs, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just get out. We just need to get our legs up. That's all we need to do. You yeah. know we don't need to see the Clippers and the Bucks and you know OKC and Denver. Nah, nah, we good on that. We know we gonna have to run up on them boys eventually. And I was kind of and I was kind of like I was like wow I didn't think he would have uh, I didn't think Adam Silver and everybody in charge would have. Gave them that many games. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it would probably be, like you say, the little mini tournament for the teams who mm-hmm. were trying to get into the playoff and make that playoff push who was uh, in line to get an eighth seed or a seventh seed. Yeah. Have them, you know, really play it out. And then, you know, in the midst of that, you know, maybe give the teams that who are just sitting around doing anything, let, like you said, let them play like maybe like – Two or three games here, mm-hmm. you know, not a whole a whole ten games, and then boom, you're gonna jump into the playoffs. You know, I I I I really don't like that idea, but like you say, I do I do believe if you don't let them play, the playoffs will look uh really bad, really rusty. You'll see a lot of rust, you know. So I I, I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do, but I'm all for the 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 uh, NCAA type thing, the 16. 16 teams and no matter what conference. I I, I kind of like that idea yeah, uh, for, for that to happen. I, I, I thought I liked that idea, and here's why I don't like the idea of the 1 through 16 thing, because Orlando Magic shouldn't be there. <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers shouldn't make the playoffs. Well, they made the playoffs last year. They shouldn't be there. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, like I, I don't want to see... I don't want to see these teams who didn't des- who don't deserve to be there. Now, don't get me wrong. Would I like to see Zion and John Moran and them, them boys in the playoffs, yeah, I would like to see them in there. But I don't want to see the Magic. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see the Cavs. I don't want to see the Knicks. I don't want to see these teams in the playoffs. They need to go to the crib. Mm. Stay there. Matter of fact, don't even come back. <laughs> but at the same time, the NBA has another side of this to worry about, and it's revenue. It's cash. Yeah. It's money. It's TV deals. It's contracts. It's the players' contracts. Like, these guys are losing all kinds of money. The NBA is losing all kinds of money. So you best believe that the NBA is going to put some kind of package together of to finish out this regular season for the TV money, for the player money, for for all these deals with these brands that they have. They got to somehow, some way get that right. So I think we are going to see a package of maybe 15, 10 to 15 games. And then we get this play in tournament going and then we go ahead and start the playoffs. So looking at my my calendar inside of my head, we could potentially looking at a playoff starting maybe in the the uh, mid to end August, the end of August. 
Okay. And then we could be seeing our NBA Finals, man, in like September. Late September could be our new NBA Finals. And then they take their traditional two months off and then they back at it December 1st. You know, kicking off the 2021-2022 the, the, the season. Okay. You know, so that's just off the top of my head. But we're excited here at the Sports Desk. Can't wait for it to get back. It's like right when the NBA season, you know, shut down due to the pandemic. We were so oh, man. just excited. We had so much storylines. We had the Lakers just stating they claim, you know, knocking off the Bucks and the Clippers. We had Ooh. excellent moments uh, here on the sports desk, and it was just, you know, taken away from us. But I'm glad that we are uh, going to get Do it back. You know what, man? I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back really reliving that moment as you were saying that and man we was we were on a high absolutely sir. you know we were through the roof absolutely sir you know and uh the king was just flexing his mu- it was that time yeah he was already in uh uh, uh zero black, dog 30 zero thought zero dog 30 yeah, mode yeah, yeah. already mm-hmm. and the king was just stating making putting punishment on everybody already yeah. mm-hmm. from the books to the clippers letting yeah. everybody know like bro no it's not going down like this this year. Facts. And man, it hate I hate that it had to get shut down the way that it did, but I'm I'm excited about getting it back. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think a shutdown like this helps a virtually older team like the Lakers? You know, uh, the you know, let them boys get healthy and, and rested and is it a dangerous game that you're playing? Give a LeBron James three months of rest and then all he got to do is play what? A total of another thirty games and he a champion? I think it's good for the Lakers because I think they need it being one of the older teams in the league. Uh-huh. But I'm all one thing that also worries me is teams like the Clippers uh-huh. who are dealing with injuries with Kawhi and PG. Yeah, like these guys and those other younger guys like Russ and Harden and just your stars in the NBA are going uh-huh. to be 100 percent healthy. Everybody. So you really, we may be thinking because we're we're LeBron supporters here and we're Lakers fans. Absolutely. We may be looking like, oh, LeBron going to do this regardless, but this role could be a little tougher now because you have everyone healthy. Think so? I think you, I, I really believe that it'll okay. be, I think it'll be a little more intense because you're going to have everybody 100%, basically. Gotcha. You, they have enough time off to get their bodies where they need to be. Gotcha. But uh, the Lakers at full strength, man, it's, it's, it's going to be nice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. All right, man. So uh, we'll be uh, keeping a close here at the sports desk on the NBA returning. So this Thursday, uh, the owners and are, are supposed to vote and uh, get this thing back rolling for July 31st for the National Basketball Association to return. You're listening to the sports show. All right, man. So we're going to we're going to open up our doors here at the sports desk. We're going to let Freddie Bricks come on in. Last week was the GOAT conversation. And before we give Fred his opportunity, I have some information uh, from, from someone that uh, <laughs> has something to say to you, Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is none other than the great, the illustrious Smooth. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Smooth, um, let me know some things when Fred... From Freddie, Brick, from Freddie Bricks and Smooth's conversation on a personal level on the text thread. So I'm going to read it uh, to our listeners, all right? So here we go. Freddie, Bre- Freddie Bricks. Pippen should have been MVP for that first reign, dog. Magic was abusing Jordan on the block. No Laker had no answer for Scott on both ends. Scott averaged 26 and 9. Jordan averaged 30, Jordan averaged 31, 11, and 6. Scotty had his moments, but came. But come on, Fred. 
See, this is what I am talking about. So they went back and forth, back and forth. So Smooth wanted me to let you guys know, all of our listeners, that his doctor has advised him to refrain from engaging in such debates due to his elevated blood pressure. His health is top priority at this time. His deepest apologies to Freddie Briggs, but he will not be returning to the sports desk discussing the gold. So that was smooth and Fred's uh, interaction, man. So we're going to give Fred opportunity, man. He couldn't be here with us last week. You know the situation and the conversation. So, Fred, this is your opportunity, man, to respond to it all, man. What are your thoughts, man, on the GOAT conversation? Start off start off by telling us who is your GOAT first, though. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to go LeBron James. Mm. I think LeBron James is the all around the, just the best basketball player we've ever seen. Uh, if people want to say uh, Jordan had a better career than LeBron uh, James. LeBron James. Le- LeBron okay. James. Right, you can say Scottie Pippen had a better career than LeBron James as well. You know what I'm saying? Like If that's going to like be the argument, but when we're talking about basketball um, and we putting these guys on the floor and I, I just think you're fucking nuts if you think Michael Jordan is going to be at the dog in LeBron James when all of us just witnessed Michael Jordan couldn't do nothing with Magic Johnson when Michael Jordan was in his, like, a young prime where he had that young speed and that young energy. He was on hands and knees after old, infected Magic Johnson was putting 360s and turning around behind the backs on that boy going to the basket. And he said, don't worry about it, Mike. I got him after this one. You telling me that guy was going to dominate 6'11", 340-pound LeBron James? <laughs> LeBron James is the, the mailman was the biggest thing in that documentary on that court. Yeah. LeBron James is bigger than Malone. Yeah. Bigger than Carl. Bigger than Carl Malone. Yeah. You understand me? And um and, and, and so my goal is LeBron, and I want to address Smooth on mm. this when he kept saying um when he was like Bron, when he was talking about the team LeBron didn't beat mm-hmm. or something like that. And um he said that he beat the Lakers. Actually, he didn't beat the Celtics. He didn't. He was 0-6 against the Celtics, period. Yes, sir. So, that was a lie. Um, you're saying he beat the, the Lakers. Oh, we've seen what happened. You know what I'm saying? The Lakers old and musty. The, the Lakers, we ain't hear from the Lakers a year after that. We ain't hear from Magic a year after that. But when we was hearing from Magic, what was happening? Michael Jordan was getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, who we next? Oh, the bad boy Pistons. We've seen what happened. We've seen these things. Mm-hmm. We seen him. Yeah. We're not going to. He went 6-0 in the finals because he couldn't. Fuck. LeBron went to the finals at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it <laughs> that he could get to the finals that young and Jordan was coming in the league at 22 or something like that? Yeah. You know, he was just getting the fresh start. He was just getting his good old start in the league and LeBron was in the finals. Taking on the best Spurs team of all time. <laughs> Because when you look at the best, bro, you know when they do, oh, these are the best players of all times on these yeah, teams? Yeah. Th- that's the team that they put on there <laughs> with the, the Admiral. Uh-oh. That's it. That's the whole team. Ginobili, all them boy, and they just added the Admiral. And that's the greatest Spurs team of all time. Yeah. Look, this is who LeBron was going up against. Yeah. Got the Celtics the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. The Celtics was up 3-2 on them boys now. Mm-hmm. LeBron went in there single-handedly game six, got them boys out of here. 45. Come on, man. Mm. Uh, bro, like, these, Gary the Glove Payton, Sean Kemp, the Glove. Who you want? James Harden, Westbrook, a KD. 
Niggas talk so they'd rather go up against that Thunder team. Right. Didn't that Thunder team beat that uh, Spurs team? Yes, they did. In the Western Conference Finals, the defending champions. Didn't KD win MVP the very next year? He did. I mean, what is this niggas talking about? Smooth, smooth. Come on, bro. Like, we can't beat around the bush with this thing no more. I can't let it do who went three, three and six. Just listen to how absurd that sounds. Mm-hmm. I can't let a nigga that went three and six take away the three titles. That's how many finals Jordans went to. Mm-hmm. He's lost as many finals. People always say, oh, Jordan won six. No. LeBron has went to so many finals Nine. that he's been afforded to lose as many finals as Michael Jordan has went to and still had three of them things mm-hmm. and four after this year. Yeah, barbecue chicken, the hot uh, pink lemonade, and a side of curly fries. So you telling me if LeBron, even if LeBron do get six rings, so you telling me a man who went to the finals 12 times out of his career won six times, who gives a fuck that he lost six times, he went six times, He's not over Mike. Because mm. you seen him beat Gary the Glove, Peyton, and Kim. Oh. You seen him beat Carl Malone and John Stockman yeah. twice. Yeah. Is th- this your reason why old Lakers team that wasn't worth don't the for- damn? Don't forget Clyde the Glide Drexler. Clyde the Glide Drexler? With like Cliff I'm- Robinson on the block. <laughs> on the block. And those players supposed to add up. Yeah. Yeah. Add up, smooth. Yeah. So cut it out, bro. <laughs> cut it out. Derrick Rose was the, the MVP. Yep. Those Pacers teams were very good. That Bulls team was, Come on, bro, was good, bro, too. Joe, bro, what we talking about? Because yeah. what he did last week, he wanted to compare uh, Jordan losing to the Pistons three straight seasons and before that losing to the Celtics, not winning the game. So he wanted to take those prime teams who went on to be champions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who went on to be champions. And I listened back to the show just to make sure that I wasn't tripping. Yeah. Michael Jordan never beat the prime great teams. Yeah. Never. Did they not tell us when the Miami Heat were down three games to two that Paul Pierce, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, and Doc Rivers were going to get the Heat out of here? Did they not tell us that, Black? Yeah. They said that was happening. Did they not tell us when the Golden State Warriors were up three games to one that it was over for the Cavs? They did tell us that. Did they not tell us before Ray Allen hit the shot from God's green earth on the side of the court that there was no way that the Heat was going to win that game seven and LeBron dropped a 40 nugget with a side of fries and an apple pie? And this is what niggas need to know about Ray Allen's shot. The Heat were down six prior to the possession before he took that shot. So guess who the fuck took the shot before that and hit the three before that? LeBron James. Talk to him. Talk to him. And, 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 and Smooth did say on the show, Ray Allen saving LeBron's bacon. No, that's his damn job to hit shots. He's he supposed to hit shots. He was on the team. Who was who was hitting shots for Jordan when he wasn't showing up? Oh, yeah. Steve Kerr, John Paxson, and and leave it to Michael Jordan. Hey, and leave it to Michael Jordan. Oh, that's their job. They're supposed to hit open shots. Okay. Yeah, we ain't. But gonna... but leave it. But let it be LeBron James. He's getting people people saving his bacon, making shots, and not doing that damn job. We just had to get that off real quick. Now, we're we not going to go there this show. We know we just had to. Because I, I went back and listened, bro. And Smooth did make some good points. But some of the stuff he was getting at, man, while we was live in the thick of Smooth, man, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to carry on the conversation because you're not here to defend yourself. 
You are my man, so we can't wait to have you back in the studio to kind of crank that up just one more time. Before we move on, man, shout out to everybody who listened to the show, who shared the show, who told someone to listen to the show last week, the GOAT show, man. I got a really inspiring phone call from my father who, I mean, the man said he was just so entertained. He was so proud. That was, in his opinion, our best show that we've ever done. He said, we always have great shows, but Pops just wanted us to know, Black, that he was really, really proud and entertained. Pop, we appreciate that, heard, man. man. Thank you, man. So shout out to Dedrick L. Hicks Sr. All right, man, we're getting ready to transition into who is the greatest team of all time. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? All right, so last week, we kind of threw it out there. We kind of threw it out there. Black said that the greatest team of all time was the 1996 Chicago Bulls, who went 72 and 10. Uh, No, yeah, you said that. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Smooth oddly said that the 2016 Warriors was the greatest team of all time. I wish he was here to kind of break that down for us. Because I already know what he's going to say. But we're going to give him an opportunity. And last but not least, man, I gave that the 2001, and Freddie Bricks as well has these same sentiments, that the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers are the greatest team of all time. So we're going to kick it. Excuse me. We're going to kick it off. Black, talk to me, man. Why are the 1996 72-10 Chicago Bulls the greatest team of all time? Yeah, I, I sat back and really thought and looked at a few things on this team. And, man, I just... Uh, Michael Jordan was on another level uh, this year. This is the year after he came back, mm-hmm. you know, from retirement. And he was on the mission. He was on the mission to remind everyone that uh, he still was the, the greatest player of all time at that time. And um, I think the thing that really stood out to me was his supporting cast, man. Like, it's one of the best supporting cast. People don't people people never really talk about Mike's supporting cast. They just make it look like Mike did everything by himself. Right. But man, this his bench was all rural, man, from from Tony Ku coach to Bill Winnington, from uh Luke Lonely, <laughs> uh all these guys, uh uh, uh, the the bike up point guard Brown, uh, Jed Bushler, Jeff Bushler. <laughs> you know these guys. You know they might have not been household names, but yeah. they did their jobs very well, yeah. very well. And um, I think that had a lot to do with me giving them the nod to be the best team because you have to deal already with that starting five, and then they get on the bench, and then other players come in, and they it's 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 nothing that goes wrong. You know yeah. they just. They just keep it going, and that's why I gave them the nod to be the best team. Uh, I, I I really don't see a lot of teams beating this team. This team was so dominant. Yeah. I think they drug everybody they played that year. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. But um, I just like this team as a whole, uh, the way it was assembled, man, from, from the starting five to the bench. Mm-hmm. So that's why I gave them the nod of being the greatest team of all time. Yeah, just some little stats for the 1995-96 Chicago Bulls. The 72 and 10, 72 and 10 team. They went 39 and 2 at home that year. Only two losses at home. They were 33 and 8 on the road. They had some impressive runs here in the month of January that year. They went 14 and 0. The month of March, they went 12 and 2. The month of April, they went 11 and 2. The month of November, they went 12 and 2. 
So they had some very, very impressive showings um, for that team. And, of course, ultimately beating Gary Payton and uh, Sean Kemp uh, in the NBA Finals when they were up three games to nothing, but ultimately end up finishing out that series in six games and the Bulls win their fourth title. Um, that it, that <clears throat> To speak on that Bulls team, as far as um, being, them being a great team, absolutely they were. I mean, they had the greatest player in the world, the greatest coach in the world. They had a hell of a system of players around them, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Kerr, and Brown, and Harper, and Longley, and Winnington, and Cool Coach. I mean, they, they did. They had a great support and cast. Um, but they were rolling, man. And, and, and this is a testament um, to Michael Jordan's greatness from him instilling that engine inside of that team. And ultimately, they, you know, pulled off a record-breaking season and uh, captivate, you know, capped it off and win a championship. And I love the saying that they have, and I have it right in front of me. Scottie Pippen coined it, actually. It don't mean a thing without the ring. So they was wearing those shirts and those caps during that season. So, okay, so Black's all-time team is the 1996 Chicago Bulls. Fred, are you ready to mm-hmm. talk about our greatest team, which is the 2001 and Smooth's team? The 2000, mm-hmm. excuse me, Smooth did say the 2001 Lakers, not the Warriors. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Smooth said the 2001 Lakers, mm-hmm. as well as I did last week, and Freddie Bricks is in that uh, as well. So the Lakers that year went 58 and 24. Uh, they went 15 and 1. Uh, to win uh the NBA championship. That's uh, a record, right? What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To win that championship uh that season. Hellacious playoff battles. Fred, let's kick it off. Mm-hmm. Why are the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers the greatest team of all time? Well, I, I think um in a simple sense, but just outside of basketball, when people talk theories, we always talk about like these d- very dominating teams, or uh, you ever see the memes where it's like, "Here's fifteen dollars, build you a team." Mm-hmm. And two players you always gravitate gravitate to is like Shaq and Jordan, because mm-hmm. like these are two very like polarizing, dominating mm-hmm. figures. That it's no way you lose it on your team mm-hmm. with Shaq and Jordan on your team. Sure. And then I just went to go look up Kobe stats, and um, he averaged like three points more than Jordan. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When Jordan beat, I want to say um. Uh, Either Gary to glove them or that, I don't know, the sixth one maybe. But like uh, Kobe was giving niggas 30, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Easily. Easily. You know, with the most dominating player we will ever see in, in Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. And um, the Lakers caught him right in that, that, that space that between, what, 99 and 2000, what, four? Um, yep. it, it, that was a dangerous time to be going up against Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, it was. Because he was... Still as athletic as he was when he didn't have the weight on him, but he right. had put 100 pounds of just man on yeah. him. I mean, it, it was muscle mixed yep. with fat, but it was just yeah. like Freaking nature. you couldn't stop it. And then to have this little fucking baby Jordan running around everywhere, <laughs> guarding the best players. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? Like, so your big man Shaq, all he has to do is dominate. Yep. He ain't even got to be smart. Yeah. All you got to do is just dominate. Like, yep. give me the ball, I'm going to dominate. So you have this yep. player who's going to work his heart out to be smart and the proof right. is in the pudding you know it you got to win that ring i, I, I maybe would have gave it to that warriors team um they had won they that won chip. that championship you know what i'm saying but that's what it takes to be the greatest team you know what i'm saying you, you got to win that ring man like you know seriously but yeah that that was a very dominating team um ah good god i hated that team i hated that team so very much mm-hmm. um they got Iverson them to fuck up out of here 
You know what I'm saying? Was that the same year that uh no couldn't have been because that went seven games. What well, that must have been the year before when Hurry big shot Bob. That was the year shot. before. Okay, yeah. that was the year before. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah that was, 01 was a dangerous year for the yeah. be again going against the Lakers, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a sad time. And let me expose you niggas right quick. Ooh, if you were a fan Lord, of the works. Lakers, the Buccaneers, and. Is winning championship, but it's like three teams that if you ask niggas who they all fans of, it'd be like the Bucks, the Lakers, because they all won championships around uh-huh. that year. So you niggas is frauds. <laughs> if your favorite teams is the Bucks and you ain't from Tampa and you a Laker fan, you a fraud. <laughs> all right, my turn. All right. So the reason why the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers are the greatest team of all time is because. Of Shaq. I said because of the most (laughs) unguardable, unstoppable force to step foot on a basketball court. Shaquille O'Neal. So people say, oh, no, no, no. They had had Kobe. They had Kobe. I know that. Let me get to my point. When they started integrating Hack-A-Shack. Hack-A-Shack. We can't stop him. Let's foul him. Let's send him to the line. Hack a shack. That's fine. You can do that. So Phil Jackson being the smart head coach that he is, and he don't get a lot of respect as it is coaching these great teams. He said, okay, we're going to put the ball on the perimeter. And do you know who was on the perimeter? Kobe Bean Bryant, who was exercising his demons on opposing defenses in the National Basketball Association. I've seen Michael Jordan play. Like I said, I was a youngin' when Jordan won his first and second championship. By the time Jordan got to ring number three, look at, go back and look at the star-struck NBA players on the floor when Michael Jordan was on the court. Go back and look at it. Kobe Bryant was not afforded that because he was a young punk kid. He was arrogant. A lot of players did not have love and respect for Kobe because he came in and he was talking that talk and walking that walk like he had done something. My guy, he was doing it all. He was averaging 25. He was putting up 30, 40 on even given night while Shaquille O'Neal was being hack shack When Phil would take Shaq out, they leave Kobe in. The Lakers kept the 10-point lead. You didn't gain any ground on Kobe Bryant. And the Lakers when he was on the court. So we see this night in and night out. And people say, oh, they only won uh, 58 games. No, 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 no. This ain't about how many games you won. This is about what we saw on the floor. When these two guys were on the floor, Scottie Pippen was not a dominant player. He was a very good to great player. Shaquille was dominant. Kobe was dominant. It was inside, outside. You couldn't do anything. Anybody that posed a threat, shout out to that Sacramento Kings team. They had the loaded talent pool in Sacramento to get the Lakers out of here. Shout out to that Portland Trailblazers team. Go back and look at that roster. That team was loaded, led by Scottie Pippen. Game seven in Staples. Lakers down 16 in the fourth quarter. 
And what happened? The lob did. Lakers going to the finals. And they went to the finals again. Let's go to the playoffs in 2001. It still ticks me off that Phil Jackson let Tyron Lue pick up Allen the answer Iverson late in game one. Why was Kobe Bryant on Aaron McKee? Why was Kobe Bryant not on Allen Iverson in the final seconds of that game? It cost the Lakers going 16-0. Now, I'm sorry. A 72-10 team that wins on to win a championship, you won 72 games in a regular season. But I saw a team almost go undefeated in the championship rounds. The championship rounds. They were blowing dudes out. And they ultimately got a championship going 15-1. and one. We've never seen that again. We've never saw it again. Ever. 15-1, 2001, Los Angeles Lakers is the greatest team of all time. What you got for me? Black. So I'm sitting here, and this is from the land of basketball stat. Some stats on the 2001 mm-hmm. Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, I got a question for you, D. Sure. I want you to see if you could tell me this. Yep. Shaquille O'Neal averaged 28 points, uh, 28 points that, that season. Yeah. Kobe Bryant averaged 28 points that season. Yep. Can you tell me the next closest person to, to both of those guys? The third scorer on that the team? third scorer on that team? If I had to guess who the third scorer team, it probably would have been Rick Fox. It was Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. He, Derek Fisher. And you know how many points he averaged that year? Maybe 10. 11. Okay. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up, because someone said to me when I was at work, someone said, oh, man, Kobe was a ball haul. He didn't get the ball to Shaq. But you know who led the Lakers in assists on that team that year? Sure. Kobe, Kobe Bean Bryant. Bryant. Yes. So yes. I don't want to hear about Kobe was a ball hog or he didn't pass Shaq the ball. No, Kobe just did what he needed to do Facts. when the big man wasn't in the game Facts. or the big man was in foul trouble Facts. or the big man was getting hacked to Shaq. You know, he did what he needed to do, man. This team overall, man, was a great team assembled. It was Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Horace Grant, Isaiah Ryder, mm. Ron Harper, uh, Brian Shaw. Big shop, big shop, Robert Ory <laughs> and Tyron Lou and all these other guys. They don't matter because they never saw the floor. But those <laughs> are the the main guys. But man, this team was it, it. It was an awesome team, man. And and I didn't even know that Kobe averaged that many points that year. Yeah. I was that's it, it's crazy to yeah. me. Like him, uh, other than rebounds, him and Shaq's numbers are similar, like yeah. everywhere else. But man, this team was a great team. I yeah. see Robert Or I mean Horace Grant on here getting another free ring, yeah. averaging averaging <laughs> six points a game. Robert or I mean Horace Grant. But man, yeah. this team was was put together nicely, man, with Phil Jackson as the head coach, man. And I can see why y'all guys have them as, you know, the greatest team of all time. Because right. they did put in that work and they swept the New Jersey Nets yep. in the NBA finals. For nothing. For nothing. <laughs> so let's play a little let's have a little fun here. Let's have a little fun here. 2001 Los Angeles Lakers, 1996-97 Chicago Bulls, NBA Finals. Black, who wins that series? How many games? And let me put you on the spot. Who's the Finals MVP? Oh, man. 97-98 Bulls, 2001-2000 Lakers. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's talk about it. 
as much. Oh man. Mm. Well, we know that Jordan and Kobe going to really cancel each other out. Mm, talk about it. Um. That leaves Scotty, Shaq. Ugh. <laughs> Man, uh-huh. like. Gangsta guys. I gotta go Lakers. Mm. Because I don't think Luke Longley uh. and Bill Winnington. Yeah, yeah. Bill Winnington. Can get the job done against Shaq. <laughs> no. And we know Scotty's a great defender, but Shaq just gonna yeah. push him to the side yeah. as well. Uh man, I got them as the greatest team, but I gotta go with the Lakers here. And I think it'll be four. I think it goes seven games. Mm-hmm. I think it goes seven games, but I give the nod to the Lakers with the seventh game being in LA. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give the MVP. Seven game will be in Chicago. The seven game will be in Chicago. Seventy two wins. Okay. Uh. Well, in Chicago, I would give the nod to the Lakers mm-hmm. winning the championship, and I would have to give Shaq mm-hmm. the MVP because he's mm-hmm. going to be the most dominant player on the floor, hands down. Sure. No disrespect to Jordan. No disrespect to Kobe, but. Shaq will be unstoppable. I think sure. Shaq averaged 40 in this series mm-hmm. and go on to win the MVP. Mm, okay, okay. So you got Lakers in seven and Shaq being the finals MVP. Fred, mm-hmm. same question, sir. Well, I'm going to try to be respectful and I'm going to give. <laughs> I say the Lakers in five. I say the Lakers in five. I just think it's going to be a problem. Like it's going to. We've never seen nobody like guard guard Jordan like that, and when we did, he lost two straight games to Gary the Club Payton. Mm, the you know, club. and like um, I think Kobe is gonna do whatever it takes. Like he's gonna get his idol. Like it, this, he's not. No, nah, like this is gonna cancel each other out. So if you're telling me that Kobe and Jordan are gonna potentially cancel each other out, potentially, yes. and I'm going to, <laughs> and I have Shaq. Yeah, I'd be kidding. Want to name none of the players, and I have versus the rest of the Bulls. Come on, how can it go past four? How can, how, I, I, I don't oh see God. how it could get to five. You know, wow. so the only way it could get to five is I think if Kobe just not guard Jordan, how, how AI was able to roam free that one game, and they mm-hmm. finally got that shit under control. In game two. And now what he gave him, 48 to win that game. Mm-hmm. And they, they were oh, damn with overtime or some they shit They did, like and that. only one by one. <laughs> only one by one. He had to give him 48, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think Jordan would have to get him boys close to 60 points yeah. in, in order to, like, Come close to winning that game. Shaq got to be Shaq. It's so much wrong has to go with the Lakers for the Bulls to win a game. Yeah, and I think the Lakers can just play. Yeah, and win. Like they don't even have to. But if they own how they got on after they lost the their first game to the AI. Yeah, man, I just don't see how the Bulls can get a win, man. Oh wow, there like, it is. Like I don't, I don't. And matchup wise, you know what I'm saying? Like because if they, I got the '96 Bulls beating the 2017 Warriors, like which is like weird as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, me, I'm just saying matchup wise. I'm not disrespecting the Bulls. I think they could beat a lot of teams. Okay, but that Laker team is you got to have something for Shaq. Okay, the era he played in, nobody had nothing for him. That's uh-huh. why they went sixteen and one. Yeah, that's why they were sweeping the Nets, getting yeah. them the fuck out there with Kerry Kittles <laughs> and um, all them big men. They was throwing Kidd, Kenyon Martin, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, poo poo. You know, it was it was nobody. You had nobody for him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. 
during that time. So I, I just don't see how they get a game. Yeah. You know, and if you listening, hey, explain it. Tweet me. Get at me. Mm. Explain to me how they get a game. Explain to me how Pippen. What is, what is he doing? Pippen's game was a lot the. He could get to the rack on wit, but Shaq is waiting there. He's waiting on Scottie Pippen. Yeah. And I don't know how formidable his jump shot would have been. But not, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't know. Against Kobe, look how many shooters that 2001 team had. Yeah. Spot Long up. shooters they had. Yeah, These weren't short niggas. Fox. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. Robert Orr. Robert Yeah. Okay. So. so you got Bulls in. Five. Bulls in. No, no, no. Lakers in five. Sorry, sorry. Lakers in five. Okay. So that was four bills. <laughs> the Lakers sweep the Bulls. <laughs> now all those who are there listening, D trip boy, boy D tripping, bro. Boy D, boy that he hating, boy. I can hear Smooth laughing in my ear now with that wild hyena laugh. I can hear Cedric Farr beating his steering wheel in, saying, "I'm gonna take the the Lakers to sweep the Bulls." There was no answer for Shaq. There was no answer for him. Jordan and Kobe cancel each other out. If Col- if Michael Jordan came out there, let's say the Lakers was up two, let's say the Lakers was up two games or nothing in the series. They they took the first two games. And Jordan got the eye of the tiger and Jordan got to drop 40. You all you do you want to know who else is dropping 40? <laughs> Kobe Bryant is gonna drop 40 as well. Yeah. So who else from the Bulls is gonna give an offensive explosion? Who? Because Scotty potentially give you 25. We never saw Scotty score 40. We never turned on ESPN and said, man, Scotty dropped 50 tonight. And Jordan had another 30. We never seen that. We seen plenty of times where Kobe had 45 and Shaq had 38. <laughs> plenty of times. So what is going to make this difference? What's going to make the difference here? You want to know why I got the Lakers sweeping the Bulls? And as I'm saying it, it does sound like it's blasphemy. I can't help but laugh. But listen, bro, like, I saw the interview with Kobe Bryant, and they and he told this person. He said him and Jordan had this. The, it was he said he loved competing against Mike, and he said Mike was talking trash to him. And Kobe said he looked at him and said, "Watch your mouth. You, you remember who you're talking to." Have we ever heard anybody else say that to Michael Jordan? When you hear Karl Malone, uh, uh, Clyde Drexler, when you hear Gary the Glove Payton. Talk about Michael Jordan 30 years after they played. They, they are scared to death still to this day. Yeah. It was only one person that I ever saw. Like, bro, I don't care. Black cat, black Jesus. Yeah. Boy, your mama named you Michael. Yeah. I'm going to call you Michael. I ain't, I'm not buying into all of that witchcraft that comes with your name. Let's get out here and let's get these buckets. Because when Michael Jordan's final game, the last game that he played in Los Angeles against Kobe Bryant, Kobe gave him 50. <laughs> they told him to get out the league. <laughs> so this is, this is what we're dealing here with Kobe. We don't have to emphasize on Shaq. Bill Winnington and Luke Longley would have fouled out in the first half. That means, that, that, that means you would have had Jason Caffey Jason Caffey, I know my sports. He would have been off the bench for the Bulls getting terrorized for 60. For 60 points. There's no answer. The Lakers had shooters Foxy, 
Corey, Brian Shaw, like these balls was hitting the three, bro. That's what was going down. So you can hack a shack all you want to, but you got a guy out there that the lead is still going to stay intact. And I just don't see Scottie Pippen matching up with the 50 from Shaq. Because that's what it's going to boil down to. Shaq and Kobe, Jordan and Pippen. Who are you rolling with? Mm. Let's get it. I got a 2001 Lakers sweeping the 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls. I'm, again, I'm not buying into all y'all on this Jordan thing. My eyes work. I'm watching this footage. People want to say, oh, oh, the last dance poisoned people. No, it didn't poison me. <laughs> I can go back and look at any type of clip that I want on YouTube, and I can see. I can see with my own eyes Shaquille O'Neal pushing seven foot six Rick Smith down on the ground and dunking the basketball in the finals. He's 7'6", 329 pounds. And this is what Shaq do. What you think you'll do with the Jet Bushler? <laughs> and Bill Winnington. What you think he gonna do? Luke Longley. Come on, what you think he gonna do, man? What you think he gonna do? And th- th- this is common sense to me. This is common sense to me. So I got the Lakers sweeping the 72-10 and 10 Chicago Bulls. And uh, the finals MVP will again be Shaquille O'Neal. On the same lines that Fred said, he's unstoppable. He's unguardable. The only thing you do is pray. That's the only thing you can do is pray that Shaq has a bad game, that Shaq has the flu, that Shaq tripped over his tennis shoes, that Shaq forgot to wake up and missed the alarm, <laughs> that Shaq missed a flight from the night before for Chicago. He's still in Chicago. He didn't make it back to Los Angeles. <laughs> That's the only way. And that just wasn't going to happen. So we do have the Los Angeles Lakers in unison here winning a dream finals matchup against the 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls. So all of our listeners, uh, Cedric Farr, uh, uh, Papa Gary probably have something to say about this. Um, um, Smooth, uh, uh, Charles Evans, uh, uh, Octavius Johnson, if you're out there listening, Brian James, all of you guys, you know, talk to us. Let us know, you know, what you think of that happening all right so we're going to continue on here at the uh sports at the sports desk we're going to get into a little bit more here so the espn top 74 players list espn top 74 players list we talked about it last week black you know we had smooth in here and um we gave our top 10 but on this list man on this list I want to hear from you, Black. Is there anybody out of place on this list? Is there anybody, when you look at where they're ranked, you're like, man, what's going on? Is there anybody that you want to talk about, Black, on this top 74 list? Because, you know, it, this list is, deserves our attention, man. I don't want us to look over it. So let's talk about it, Black. What you got on this ESPN top 74 greatest NBA players of all time well, list? No, that- it, it was a few on there that I felt like were out of place. I feel like uh, I feel like AI and T Mac should have been higher. Okay, but I see on the list there's a lot of old school dudes on here that we really never got to see play. Yep, you know, and I just feel like the players that we were able to see play, okay, you know, should have got a bump up. You know, I I know they had like uh, um, AI like in twenty nine thirty range area if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, I think T Mac and him should have been higher. Okay. Uh, Paul Pierce, he should have been lower. Like I told you last week, <laughs> I, if 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 it's the top seventy four players all time, mm-hmm. he should have been number seventy four. You know, <laughs> so 
but overall, the list is pretty good. But it's a it was a lot of old school players in this yeah. in this uh on this list that mm-hmm. I seen. Mm-hmm. And um, I see that they had James Harden on there. I think I would have gave James Harden a a nudge up. Uh, he was down like uh. In the in the low fifties, if I'm not mistaken, I don't mm. remember exactly what number he was, mm. but I think him being the type of scorer that he is, mm. that he should have been a, a little higher on this list. Okay. But uh, overall, the 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 list the list is really good, and um, I just I just been feeling some type of way about Dirk, man. I just feel like Dirk. Okay. I just feel like he should be. Higher than he was. I think he was, oh, I think he was like 16D. I got to look at that list again. Okay, I'm looking um, at it. I, I got to look at that you. list. I get it for you. Because I just, it's just something about Dirk. You know, I don't okay. think, whenever we talk about Dirk, I don't think we give him his just due. Okay. You know, this this guy literally beat the 2012 Miami Heat with LeBron James, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh by himself. By himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. I think that on the strength of that and then being an MVP, I feel like he should have been pushed up a little higher on okay. that list. So I would say Dirk and Tracy McGrady and AI should have been higher should have been higher on this list. Okay. Yeah, see, they have Tracy McGrady like 52. 52. So I feel like he should have been like in in the high 30s going into the 20s. Okay. Paul Pierce 74. Um <laughs> And they got Paul Pierce ranked fifty four. Yeah, exactly. In this and then, list. and then, oh, that's what it was. That's why I was mad about the Paul Pierce thing. They have the nerve to put Manu Ginobili under Paul Pierce. Are you kidding me? No, I, I think that's a, a legitimate debate with Ginobili and, and Paul Pierce. And the thing that gets thrown under the bus here between both players is that Manu was a the sixth man for the Spurs. He was, but... He, he, no, 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 I'm saying that. That's the, that's, that's the thing, though. Like, if he would have been starting for the Spurs... Exactly. He, bro, he, he potentially could have been a top 25 <laughs> all-time player. And put some respect to manager Noble name. Like, when Pop put him in the game, the game changed. He could shoot it. He could get to the cup. He could defend. Like, he was crafty. Like... Ginobili is a great player. Yeah, I'm saying he should have been higher. He should have been high. Well, than Pierce, higher it's than lower. Pierce. He should have. I mean, lower. Yeah, lower. he should have been lower than Pierce. Than Pierce. You okay. know, in my opinion, that's, that's a because valid. the type of player he is, we didn't see Manu take over finals games in his career and yeah. do big things. I just, I don't, I don't know. People say I just don't like Paul. Well, if that's what it is, okay. <laughs> you know, he came. He shouldn't have said what he said. I'm sorry, but. Just, I understand people like Paul, or uh, how Paul Pierce got his, got his the name the truth, because Shaq gave it to him. I don't care about that BS, man. Yeah. But it's players on that list that should have been um, ranked a little higher. I really don't like uh, Tracy McGrady at 52, like I said. Okay. Ray Allen also should have been a little higher. I, I those, those old school guys, because we really didn't never get to see them, D, but I know that you got to give them their respect. Yeah, you got to. But you we never to. really got to see them, so to. I would... Me personally, I will push them up on the list, and the guys that we've been able to see and really learn from 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 the Michael Jordans, from the from the Larry Birds, from the Michael Jordans, and see all these guys, you know, uh, 
we should look at them and then rate them from that number. Like guys from the seventies and the sixties, we never got to see them play. Yeah. But we all we know is stats and what they did. Yeah. But these guys like Ray Allen and them, I think they should have been higher than what they was. Yeah, this pool here, uh, I'm going to stick in the fifties as well. You know, they got Clyde Drexler at fifty-seven. So if Clyde Drexler is fifty-seven, Ray Allen at fifty-six, and Vince Carter at fifty-five, that's a problem for me. This should know, be a little lower, right? It should be a little lower yeah. to me because you got Paul Pierce. At 54, don't get me wrong, man. Paul Pierce, at a time in his career, he was considered the best small forward in the in, in the NBA. Until LeBron 19, James po- came in the league. Absolutely. He averaged 19-5-3 <laughs> and three, um, as a small forward. He is a champion, and he will go down as a Hall of Famer. But if we're talking basketball player, and that's my, that's my conversation here. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about popularity. I'm not talking about because this is your favorite player. I'm talking about actually watching these games and watching these players on the court. And for me, Manu Ginobili is a better basketball player than Paul Pierce. To me, Ray Allen was a better basketball player than Paul Pierce. Ray Allen had transition in his career. Go back and look at young tape of Ray Allen when he was a supersonic, supersonic in the book. Mm-hmm. He was athletic. He was dunking, getting to the rack, and he was shooting the ball. But he didn't transition to a spot-up shooter until he got to Boston, really. Until mm-hmm. he got to Boston, because that's what they needed him to do. You know, because you had Paul down there on the perimeter already. You had KG as well down on the block. So they didn't need Paul to, uh, they didn't need Ray Allen to do that. So I think that kind of gets left out. And I'll, they got Gary Payton at 53. All right, so you got Gary Payton at 53. I don't think Gary Payton is a better basketball player than Mono Ginobili. I don't think that he is. I don't mm-hmm. think Gary Payton is a better basketball player. He's not. I don't think he's a better basketball player than Vince Carter. Don't get me wrong. The Glove was a good, good, very good player. He might make it in the Hall of Fame one day. He might. He very might, might make it in. But for him to be at 53, and then you got Tracy McGrady at 52, there should be a gap. There should be a gap (laughs) there. Something is wrong with that. There should be a gap there. He should be lower than that. There should be a gap there. So, And then we get down to 49 with Reggie Miller. Now, I had a comparison conversation with my buddy Charles, um, and we talked about Reggie Miller versus Dwayne Wade. We talked about those two players. You know, why is Dwayne Wade ranked? I think Dwayne Wade's like ranked number 28 on this list. I have to go and look. We got Reggie Miller at, at, at 49. Now, Dwayne Wade averaged, I think, like 23, 24 points a game. And Reggie Miller only averaged 18 points a game. But if you look at, if, if, if I look at basketball and I look at the player, like who was the better scorer? I think Reggie Miller was a better yeah, scorer than Dwayne Wade. I would say Wade. Reggie. Yeah. Defensively. I think they cancel each other out on the defensive end. I'm not really sure who is the better defender. If you want to go with hustle, all right, you want to go with Dwayne Wade. But I think why ESPN has Dwayne Wade uh, ranked higher than Reggie Miller is because of accolades, championships. He was on the Redeem team. He has a gold medal. You know, he is in a different type of light because of that. But if you're talking basketball, I'm really not, I'm really not too sure that Reggie Miller isn't a better player uh, than Dwayne Wade, okay? And then, you, you know, you get down a little lower. You got Anthony Davis at 45. All right, Anthony Davis at 45. You got Rick Barry at 43. Then you got Russell Westbrook at 42. Now, to me, I named those players to say there's a gap there. I know Rick Barry was a very good basketball player. Any, old, any of my OGs who I talk to will tell me, they say, yeah, man, this dude was real. Like, he averaged 24 points, six rebounds, and had uh, four assists. But excuse me. Like, Russell Westbrook is averaging 25, 7, and 8 for his career. <laughs> you know, in, this, in today's NBA, there should be a gap there, but there isn't. So, um, in, in the middle of this, there, there, you know, in the middle of this, um, 
this uh this list you know they and, and don't get me wrong i think i know these lists change all the time i know that you know one year is going to be you know like they got dennis Rodman ranked at 62 then they got alonzo money morning ranked at 63 they got Paul gasol ranked at 65 you know so it's it's a lot of blending of errors here like black was saying but i think all in all you know my biggest gripe of this whole list and to go back to the top 10 was kobe bryant being ranked number nine <laughs> I mean, it's horrible, man. R- really being ranked, ranked number nine. And I'm, I really was trying to see what they was trying to get at. Like, where were they getting at with ranking Kobe at number nine? But, you know. So I was, I, 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 was, I was wrong about James Harden. They had him at 32. Right. So that's, yeah, that's I would good. say that's pretty good. That's pretty good. For, for, for James Harden at, uh, at 32. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, so, you know, I, I, I think all in all, you know, you can shake this list up from year to year, like I was saying. Just some other notables. Chris Paul at, at 40. Now, I like Chris Paul. I'm a fan of Chris Paul. But is he the 40th best player in NBA history? I'm really not too sure about that. I know he's a floor general. I know his IQ was through the roof as a point guard um, in the NBA. But, you know, you know, again, I can't, I can't. You got Jason Kidd and you got Chris Paul. If you got both of those players in front of me, if you got both of those players and Steve Nash at 30, <laughs> Now, is it a 10-player gap between Chris Paul and Steve Nash? I don't know. Steve Nash is a two-time MVP. Chris mm-hmm. Paul has no MVPs. I know Steve Nash hasn't won a title. Well, neither has Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been to the conference finals. Uh, he's never been to the conference. Yeah, yes, one time. One time and lost. In Houston, they lost. Yeah. And granted, he wasn't on the floor for that, that game seven, but they, they, they didn't win. Like, if you're talking about basketball players, you know, the gap should be a little bit bigger between Chris Paul and Steve Nash and not the piss on Chris Paul. He is a great player. But Jason Kidd, you know, the reason and, and this here's the thing, though. I'm going to take Chris Paul over Jason Kidd. Me. Why? Because he could score. Mm-hmm. Paul can score. Kidd couldn't score. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't score. Jason Kidd is a traditional point guard with hella IQ. And he was, you know, and you would think Jason Kidd averaged 10 to 12 assists a game. He did it. He only averaged eight assists. He only averaged eight assists. So that's a conversation that Kidd, Paul, and, and, and uh, Steve Nash. But, uh, you know, we just wanted to kind of cover this list uh, a little bit more, um, try to dive into it. And, and we urge you guys to go take a look at it. You got Isaiah Thomas at 30, Steve Nash at 30, and Steve, Steve Nash at 30, Isaiah Thomas at 31. I'm taking Isaiah Thomas over Steve Nash. Yeah. I'm taking Isaiah Thomas over Chris Paul. I am too. I'm taking Isaiah Thomas over Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd. Yeah. The only other point guard in the league's history that I'm not taking over him is Magic Johnson. Yeah. I'm taking him. Allen Iverson being at 29. And you say you think he should be higher on the list. He should be lower. So what do you lower, what lower. do you think he is? Um because they got John Stockton at 28. I'm looking, I'm looking at I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this list, and this is this who is in front of him. They got John Stockton at 28. Right. They got Giannis at 27. They have they have D Wade at 26. And then they have Kawhi. Kawhi at 25. Right. And they have David Robinson at 24. And Charles Barkley at 23. And um Elgin Baylor at 22. Scottie Pippen at 21. Right. And at 20, they got Kevin Garnett. So I'm just just in that area in those 20s. Uh-huh. I feel like I feel like AI at 29, I feel like I thinking about the player, mm-hmm. I would take him over a Kawhi. Right. I would take him over a D Wade. 
And I would, you would take, take you would take AI over Kawhi Leonard over Kawhi. Yes, I don't know I about would, that. I, I don't know about that, man. Because he I'm, a liability on the other end of the floor. I see what you're saying. He can suit it up and tie his shoes tight with the rest of them and go out there and get you fifty. But Kawhi on that other end, he locking up your best player and he dropping you thirty. That gotta okay. pay dividends. Okay, they gotta pay dividends because AI was a liability <laughs> defensively. He was deep, but man, like he was an electric <laughs> player. He was electric. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. If you if you want to put it if you want to put it that way, then okay, I understand that. Yeah, because we talking about we talking okay, about basketball may, player now. That's that not maybe over Kawhi, but okay. you you don't you couldn't put him ahead of D Wade and Giannis right now on talking that about list. Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson, uh, and not even that. He, they they got the they got the Abner over him. Not no disrespect to David the David uh David Robinson, right. Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, Barkley over yeah. Iverson for sure, for, for sure, sure, for sure. Okay. For sure. And David Robinson. Me personally, I would take AI. Me personally. Over Charles Barkley Black? Just, bro. I, I, oh, I know he's a liability defensively, bro, but he not I'm, pretty, player, I'm pretty sure we can keep going low on this list and we see a, a, a few more players who was liabilities defensively. I don't know. You know, not, so. Not, not getting that low. <laughs> not getting that low. Not getting that low, man. I don't know. I don't know. But I, but I feel what you're saying, though. Yeah, but I feel then, what you're saying. This, this is my thing. I, D, you may disagree with me. They got Dirk at 19. Okay. I, that's perfect. You think that's perfect for, for him? him? Yeah. Because you go to the top 15, he's not a top 15 player versus those other guys in the top 15. He not. He not a top 15 player, bro. He not. <laughs> he oh, not, man. bro. He not. These are just the old school dudes in the way, man. I'm, I got I, you. I, I got you. It just, I, don't, I, I don't know because these old school dudes, I... I will pick Dirk over them. You know, I, I never was saying. able to see them play, but I got you know, I it's everybody. It's different for everybody. You right. know, I I want a I me personally, I want AI to be higher in the top twenty. I think he's 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 in the twenties. He's right in the twenties, but I think he should be higher. Mm-hmm. And then I think Dirk should be a little higher on that list personally from seeing everything that he has done and accomplished in this league. Right, but um. I think overall, this list outside of Kobe and a few other players, Col- the the whole Kobe thing just I didn't understand it. Like yeah. it was mind blowing to me that he yeah. was ninth on this list. But yeah. I think that's the biggest one. I yeah. think that's the biggest one for a lot of folks that he was ninth on the list. But yeah, you can go view that view that list, and I put the link on our on our, on, our, on our Twitter. Me and Black are both post the link. You go check out the top seventy four players according to ESPN. You know, highlight us and, uh, uh, you know, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. All right, man, we're going to finish up here with the basketball, the NBA, man. Bleacher Report put out their all-decade awards in their opinion. They were the last to kind of do this. And we're just going to kind of run through them and see if we disagree at all uh, with anything on this list. All right, man, so they say the MVP of the 2010s was LeBron James. I believe we can uh, both agree with that, Black. They said the best team, the best team was the Golden State Warriors. Uh, winning three championships in 10 years. I mean, I have to agree. They were the dominant franchise. They were. They were the dominant franchise of the 2010s, man. Um, if you look at their finals record, man, um, they lost a total, I think, five, five or six games in their, four, in, their four appear- in their three appearances when they won a title. They lost four games. So I'm going to have to agree with that because they were stacked. Uh, they say the best playoff series of 2016 was, of course, um, the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I agree. When the I Cleveland, agree. Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> coming back 
down from three games and one, I would also agree. And I'm sure there are some other competitive series there, but this is the one that mattered, and it's a memorable moment forever. Best shot. I say it again. Smooth said it. The greatest clutch shot ever was Ray Allen's game six uh, shot in 2013 NBA Finals. So you're kind of tweaking that a little yeah, bit, Black. You don't agree with I that? Did. It's something about Reggie's shot, man. I just, I... No, 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 no. In the 2010s. Oh, in the 10s. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, the 10s. In the 10s. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah, the 10s, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands down. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. The best game performance. I mentioned him uh, uh, a little earlier. Big game Clay. Game six Clay. And the 2006, I mean, 2016 Western Conference Finals, uh, Warriors were headed out the door and Clay went berserk. So yes, they're saying that's did. the best performance uh, in the playoffs that year. And they say, excuse me, the trade of the decade, uh, which is, I have to agree with James Harden being traded from the Thunder, going to Houston. Oh. The, the trade, the trade of the decade. I mean, can you think of another one? Yeah, KD going to the Warriors? Trade. 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 Oh, no, he did. It wasn't trade. Oh, no, he sure did. Free agent, bro. That's trade. Free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trade. Yeah. I mean, look what it did for Houston. Look what it did for Houston. And look what it did for Harden. Like, Harden was instantly a superstar player when he got to Houston. Instantly. Yes, he was. Superstar player. And look what it did for the city of Houston as well. All right. And the signing of the decade, they have LeBron James, the decision. The decision of uh, the signing of the decade. And I know a lot of people are going to say, uh, you know, what about the Heat? What about the Heat being the team of the decade? Look, the, the Heat won two rings out of four tries, but they lost to the Mavs. They lost to the Mavs in 2013. Uh, excuse me, 2012. What, what was it? 2000. Was it 2007? They lost to the. No, 2009. 2009, they lost to the Mavs. Yeah. So that kind of kind of gets them out the paint. Uh, for me, because that Heat team should have won that ring. Yeah. All right, and last but not least, the coach of the decade. I would. That's I would, right. I would have to that's agree. Right. Greg Popovich. Yeah, he's uh, been. Yeah, that's for right. The San Antonio Spurs yeah. was the coach of the decade. Now this one here, this <laughs> one here. Thanks to get. I'm gonna go first on this one, D. I'm gonna go first. Now I have. I'm 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 not mad at it, but I kind of disagree because in that decade, uh, you had Joakim Noah win two Defensive Player of the Years, Dwight Howard win two Defensive Player of the Years, and Draymond Green only won one. So I don't know how he could be the Defensive Player of the decade. Um, I think they out of pocket on this one. Yeah. I think you could have gave it to one of those guys, either Dwight or either Joakim Noah. Yeah, I agree. Draymond being a defensive player of the decade is hogwash. It is hogwash. It is slop in the pig pen. He is a good defensive player, mm -hmm. but he might be a great defensive player. But I'm sorry, man. Dwight Howard was on another <laughs> level defensively. Another level defense. Joe Kim Noah was on another yeah. level defensively. Mm -hmm. You know, would Draymond Green be a top five defensive player in the 2000s, 2010s? Okay. Okay. But he, I'm sorry. If you got both of them boys in front of me, Dwight Howard and uh, Draymond Green, they say I need to pick up one and just play defense. <laughs> yeah. You can give me uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was really like the first big man to be able to go out on the perimeter and defend. Yeah. So he was covering up everything in the paint. 
free throw I mean a free throw line and back he had all of that cover mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so I'm yeah I agree with you Bleach Report is a little uh <laughs> out of pocket with that but yeah. shout outs uh to Draymond Green all right, man, so we're going to transition out of basketball. We're going to talk a little UFC, man, and um, we're going to get out of here uh, after that. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on now. Alright, alright, alright. So we're going to talk a little UFC, man. UFC is a little interesting right now, but we're going to start off with uh, this past uh, Saturday night, man. Uh, UFC uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, main event on that card uh, was Woodley versus Burns. Uh, Woodley's return after losing the 170-pound championship uh, to Kamara Usman uh, last year. Uh, people have been wanting to see Woodley, see if he can bounce back and see if he can get back in the groove. And um, he was not able to do that. Uh, he was beaten in all hmm. five rounds uh, by Burns. Um, just just a very impressive uh, performance by Mr. Burns taking out Tyron Woodley. It was kind of unfortunate for me to see Woodley get beat the way that he did. But, Black, I want to kick it off with you. I want to ask you two questions. What did you think about Woodley's performance in the cage? And what do you see, what do you see going forward with Tyron Woodley? Man, um, I was very disappointed, D, in Tyron Woodley. But um, at first, at first, I was very disappointed in him. But you know, looking at uh some other things and looking at his age, he's thirty eight years old, D, and um, he's defended the welterweight strap when he had it six times, and I I know that could take a toll. I know that could take a toll, yeah. and it kind of it kind of led me to well, he had his run. His time is probably passed. Passed him by, and these up and coming guys, you can, we can potentially say the welterweight division is the best division in the UFC right now, talent wise, stack wise, with all these guys we have okay. from 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 Mazadal to the Usman, Covington, to Gilbert, Gilbert Burns, Covington, mm-hmm. uh, the guy the the guy from out of England, Edwards, yeah, yeah. you know, they, it's it's a lot of talent there, and stack division, you know, Woodley, he had his time, man, he's up in age, he's up there, he may. He may look like a freak of nature he when he gets like in there. Yeah, yeah, he may look good when he gets in there, but when he get in here with these young dogs, man, who want it more, that's what we saw. Yeah, that's what we saw. Wilton had been to the mountaintop and and defending the belt several times, and then you just, you just got a young pup who up and coming, and he knew, and he said, he said, I knew I could beat Woodley easily. You know, I yeah, could do he that. did. He, he was said very that. You know, he was very confident before this fight in how he would dominate Woodley, and that's exactly what he did. It's just like he got in there and took Woodley down with ease. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, this don't even seem like the same Woodley. Woodley didn't want to let his hands go. Like, I don't know. I was like, man, it's just his time has really passed him by, D. That's how I really feel about that. Yeah, I'm with you, Black. I mean, if you look back at Woodley when he won the championship, he was so explosive. He was raw. He was just a sight to behold when he took out Robert Lawler and became the welterweight champion. And he stayed packed. He dug his foot down in the welterweight division and he owned it. He owned it. He 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 had a very good run. Two fights against Wonder Boy, uh, beating the hell out of Darren Till. 
um um just 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 a great um just a great display of dominance from T Wood, man. And I'm a fan of Tyrone Woodley. I was really rooting for him to get back yeah, on me track. Too. Yeah. But if you watch MMA as long as me and Black have, you kind of study the fighter. And this is the one thing that I saw in this Burns fight. And Burns called it out. Tyron Woodley has not gotten better. He is still the same Tyron Woodley from five years ago. When no one can figure him out, he's still relying on that. He has not changed with the game. Do you want to know why George St. Pierre was so dominant for so long? Because he adapted. <laughs> Do you want to know why uh, Anderson Civil was so good for so long? Because he adapted. John Jones adapted. So mm-hmm. many other great fighters. Jose Aldo adapted. But the one thing that we see in the UFC, you can get as high as you want to get, man. You can be winning, winning, winning. But it's a rare occasion when a guy at the top of his game loses and they bounce back. We saw Easy. Conor McGregor bounce back. Mm-hmm. He's a different kind it's of guy. It's not a lot of guys that do that. It's they not a lot. Back. It's not a yeah. lot of guys who can do that. We've seen Daniel Cormier lose and bounce back and win a championship again. Like there's not a lot of people who can do those things. And it looks like Tyrone Woodley needs a change of scenery. It looks like Tyrone Woodley maybe needs to open up and go take a visit to see some other camps and add some tools to his game. Because when I watch him, he's not done. He looks good enough to still compete at a high level. But he's relying on that overhand right, over and over again, overhand right. He don't throw any kicks. He wasn't even relying on his wrestling. You want to know why? Because Burns wrestling is elite as elite. well. Elite. <laughs> and when you've seen Burns on top of Woodley, man, it didn't look good at all. It didn't. When Burns rushed him in the first round, dropped him, got on top of him, and just swarmed Tyrone Woodley, bust him up, cut him open, I knew, I said, oh, Tyrone Woodley is out of his prime. The old Tyrone Woodley, that wouldn't have happened to him. Mm-hmm. Burns didn't even respect his power. He didn't. He stayed in the pocket. I and hope I mean, this, yeah. this kid was staring him down after every round, every, after every bell. Yeah. He's staring him down like, dude, like, I Let's told go. you. I told you. I just hate that Tyrone. I, I just hate it, man, because it, it's, it's like you said, D. You have to evolve with time, you man. You have to. And like you say, it's only a handful of guys yep. that are able to evolve. Yep. Uh, if they lose, they know how to come back and regain, regain, regain belts or regain, regain glory Facts. in the UFC. And if you don't evolve, you're going to look how Tyrone Woodley looked. Yeah. So hopefully Woodley can bounce back, kind of get back in. But Burns has you know elevated himself in the welterweight championship discussion. You got guys like Masvidal. Uh, you got Edwards. Um, you got, you know, Usman, who was the champion, uh, Kobe, Kobe Covington is still around, you know what I'm saying? Like you have guys that are, are, are kind of getting in, they are in front of, Ty- they are, they are in front of Tyrone Woodley right now. And Woodley is going to, you know, get in the back of the line. Hopefully he can get some fights, get a couple of wins and reassert himself into that division. But until Masvidal and, and, and Burns and, and Edwards and Covington kind of, kind of break down, I, I just, I just don't see. I just don't see Woodley being able to beat any of those guys. Yeah. Even a Kobe Covington. Not Covertin. right now. Not e- right yeah, now. Even a Kobe Covington, like, you can say what you want to say about him personally, but dog a fighter. Yes, he is. And he with it. Yeah. And if you saw what we saw when he fought Kamal Usman, even though he lost in that five-round war, <laughs> I don't know if T. Wood would be able to get in there and, and make something mm-hmm. like that happen. So, uh, just keep it clo- we'll keep a close eye here on the sports desk on Tyrone Woodley. All right, last topic of the day, man. John Jones and Dana White, they got some beef. Yeah, man. They got some beef. So a quick backstory before we get into this conversation. You had 
John Jones come out after Francis Ngannou butchered some poor individual in Jacksonville just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the media and the Twitter and the Instagrammers were saying, man, man, we would love to see John Jones versus Ngannou, but Jones probably won't take that fight. Jones gets right on Twitter, replies to the tweets, say, you crazy if I don't take this fight, send the contract, let's line it up, let's talk this super fight. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay, that's kind of rare for John Jones to kind of do that. And he had been hitting that going up the uh, heavyweight for quite some time. We fast forward a couple weeks. Um, John Jones reveals that, you know, the contract didn't match the money that he was looking for. Um, if the money ain't right, he ain't doing the fight. And Gano said he had already signed the contract. We can do it. But John Jones saying it's just a super fight. He a megastar, which he is. He is. Probably the greatest all time, which he is, and he wants to get paid like such. So Dana White was asked about it by Brett Okamoto, an MMA analyst on ESPN. And Dana White came out and said he was asking for crazy money. He was asking for Deontay Wilder type money. Mm-mm. And you know, we not we not able to afford him that luxury right now. John Jones comes right back and says Dana White is a liar. He said Dana White is lying. Release the text messages, release the audio of him saying that he wanted Deontay. Wilder money. They go back and forth, back and forth on Twitter. And then Dana White comes out at the post conference uh this past weekend after John Jones says, uh, you're trying to tarnish me. You're trying to tarnish me by whatever. Dana White said, No, my friend, you tarnished you. Mm-hmm. You tarnished yourself. So John Jones has allegedly relinquished the light heavyweight championship and asked for his release from the UFC due to his conversation and displeasures with Dana White. So, Black, now that I've ran down the timeline, what do you think about this whole back-and-forth thing between John Jones and Dana I, White? I honestly, I'm, leading, I'm, I'm going on the side of what Dana White with this one, man. Because, John Jones, you just... <laughs> Dana White said at a press conference so perfectly. John Jones could have been a LeBron James of the UFC. Yes, sir. But your stupidity. Yes, sir. And all your problems have caused you to be where you are. Yes, sir. So, John Jones, you may feel like you're a mega star. No, Conor McGregor's a mega star. Yeah. In the UFC. <laughs> He's a mega star. Yeah. John Jones, don't get me wrong. You're, you're, a, good, you're a great fighter. Yeah. You're, you're a great fighter in the UFC. Yeah. Maybe. If you had your head on straight, you would be. You could potentially say you could be one of the goats of the UFC. Hmm. But you don't. So what gives you the right to demand fifteen million dollars? Mm-hmm. If you really did demand that, say saying the money not right. No, like John, what are you gonna do? Just stay at lightweight and not just beat everybody up and don't do nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a true competitor, you would have signed that contract and show people. I've been saying this for years. I can go to heavyweight because that's something that you need right now. After all the stupidity you've been putting fans and the UFC and, and, and Dana White and them through mm-hmm. everything that you've done, cleaning up your mess, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if I'm Dana White, I'm giving you the same thing. Like, bro, like, you know, you're the reason for all this is going on with you. Mm-hmm. And Dana White said it, bro. If you want to leave, you want to give up your belt, do what? Okay. Mm-hmm. If you want to fight, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fight. If mm-hmm. you want to give up that belt, that's, that's your thing. If you want to come sign a contract to fight somebody, okay. Whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what Dana said in the post, post-fight post conference. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand John's angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
okay, John, let's be real about this thing. You're a great fighter. Yeah. You're not a UFC megastar. Mm-hmm. A megastar, like I said, is uh, Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. One, one of uh, him. You, I know. I can't. I can't give you that. You have to, John. At some point, you have to show us as fans. Me personally, what else can I do here? What else can I achieve here? We seen Conor. We seen George St. Pierre. We seen great ones go up and wait and Anderson do Silver. different. Anderson Silva do different things. Uh. Daniel Cormier, we seen these guys elevate themselves and go do other great things. John, what have you done? You stayed in the same old division, beat everybody up, and get in trouble outside of the octagon. Correct. That's what we seen from you. But everybody want to call you what pound for pound best fight? Okay, I I don't agree. But at the same time, if you want to leave the UFC, I don't see him leaving the UFC. He'll be stupid. It'll be suicide. Where are you going to go, Bellator? <laughs> Invicta? You want to go over to China? And in and, 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 uh, and one in the one uh, organization, you want to go over there uh-huh. and kickbox? Uh-huh. Like what? What are you going to do? No, you're going to stay with the UFC. You want to give the fans what they want. You're going to sign one of these contracts to move up to heavyweight. I don't care who you fight at heavyweight. Just move up and do something. And if, and if you, y'all want to come to a decision where you go and fight Israel Adesanya, make that type of fight happen. Go do something. And stop bitching and complaining and moaning on Twitter about what you want if you did say it. I don't care about that. Go show us something, bro, other than the lightweight division. Well said, Black. Um, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I'm sick of John Jones. <laughs> I'm sick on him. He's gotten on my last nerve. I don't want to hear from him. I'm going to give you a couple scenarios here. Not scenarios. I'm going to give you a couple facts. John Jones has been teasing heavyweight movement for 10 years. For 10 years, he's been teasing going up to heavyweight. John Jones has been fighting at 205 his entire career. You want to know why John Jones is not a megastar outside of that octagon? Because he doesn't take chances. We saw Conor McGregor, a lightweight, hell, a, 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 featherweight. a featherweight. Go up two weight classes to fight a man that was two times bigger than him, not only once, but twice. Oh, and then he made his return just a short month while ago, who is a featherweight and went back up the welterweight and beat another dangerous fighter in Donald Cerrone. That's why this man is a megastar. That's why he was warranted to get the floor of Mayweather and get Mayweather's intention to get the mega fight where he earned $100 million. You want to know why Anderson Civil was so beloved? Because he said he was bored at middleweight at his career. And he went up and beat the most game fighter, Stefan Bonner at the time, and beat him to sleep. <laughs> he had multiple fights at light heavyweight and won these championships. Mm-hmm. He kept the championship and won these fights. They said Forrest Griffin was the biggest challenge. The light heavyweight champion, Forrest Griffin, and he beat him with one punch to the mouth. We saw Daniel D.C. Cormier. Now, I know it's a, every time I get to talk about people, talk to people about Daniel Cormier, me personally, Daniel Cormier is a top 10 fighter of all time. Yeah. In my opinion, we're talking about fighter. Go look at his resume. No, he didn't beat John Jones. No, he didn't. But I have John Jones ahead of Daniel Cormier. But you know what Daniel Cormier did that John Jones should have already done? He went up and he knocked out Stipe Miotic and became the heavyweight champion. Do we not think John Jones could have went up and beat Stipe Miocic? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> but he won't do it. He cries, he complains, and he stays in his own way. I saw the tone in Dana. I saw Dana White's expressions and I heard the tone in his voice. He's had enough of John Jones. And you know who else has had enough of you, John Jones? The fans have had enough of you. To keep it really real, the three fights that you have been back, yeah, you've won those fights, but sir, you have not been impressive. You haven't put away no one. You haven't, Alexander Gustafson, the second time y'all fought, that's the last fighter you put away. But these boys in the lightweight division are getting much better. <laughs> and we've seen you struggling. So maybe, John, you're realizing something. Man, I might be biting off a little bit more than I can chew. Then why won't you go to heavyweight where you could have some type of advantage? You could be a little quicker. You can have a little bit more speed. You can use different things to your advantage against these bigger power punchers, but you just won't do it. So until you, John Jones, grow a set, <laughs> until you grow a set and you get out of your own way and you go up there, to the heavyweight division, we don't want to hear from you. Because you know, like I know, if you get in there with Francis Ngannou, hmm. I firmly believe hmm. he will knock your head off your shoulders. <laughs> That's what I believe. And the style that you fight in, John Jones, won't beat Francis Ngannou. It might get you the victory after five rounds. Keep him away, strike. Keep him away, strike. Leg kick. Circle the cage. That's what John Jones would do. Oh, yeah. As you far know as what he gonna do. Set, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that against Nagano. Yeah. So, surprises, John Jones. Take the fight with Francis Nagano at a respectable amount of money. And let's see who you really are. And let's see what you're really about. You always say you don't have nothing to prove. I beg to differ. All right. We're going to get into some other news. And we're going to get out of here, man. We appreciate y'all rocking with us uh, here at the Sports Desk. So let's get into some other news. All right, Black. So I think you got some some information for us, man, for our boxing fans and our boxing lovers out there. It seems like we're going to be getting some boxing up pretty soon, Black. You got some information for us? Yeah, man. June 9th, Top Ranked Boxing will return to ESPN, all platforms on ESPN. Um, it will be it will be held in Vegas without any fans. So we just, the first card is on June 9th. The the headline of all the all the fights and everything that's going is Shakur Stevens, an up and coming fighter okay. who won a silver medal in the past Olympics. Okay. Olympics. So uh, y'all look out for that. All everyone that follows boxing, boxing is back on June 9th. Shakur Stevens will be defending his uh, his IBF uh, lightweight title on June 9th. Appreciate that, Black, our boxing correspondent, Black, giving us all your boxing information that you need, all right? Black could be tweeting more about boxing and put more information uh, about boxing out there on the Twitter, all right? All right, man, so some sad news, some crazy news out of the University of Clemson, man. Probably the best wide receiver in college football is unavailable. Justin Dang. Ross is out for the 2020 college football season due to a spinal injury. Now, I went to go try to find some information on what is going on with Justin Ross. And, and, it, and from what I read, and this will be sad, that he has something going on genetically with his spine. Mm. So he didn't get injured doing anything. He has some health things that he has going on. 
And we're just really, really hoping, wishing, and praying for Justin Ross to get better so we can see his talent. And they say he had a surgery, field. too. Right. You know, on, on, on whatever the problem is. Right. And everything that I've seen as well, that everything right. after the surgery still was some major concern there. Yeah, and this is the potential number one wide receiver coming out this year, and he is not going to be available. So prayers and thoughts go to Justin Ross out of University of Clemson. All right, so Black, I guess Henry Cejudo was telling the truth. I guess Henry Cejudo was dead serious when he announced his retirement after beating Dominic Cruz just a couple of weeks ago here in Jacksonville, Florida. He vacated the Bantamweight Championship. He vacated. He is no longer the champion. And now the UFC is trying to muster up a new uh, title fight to crown a new Bantamweight champion. Mm. So Triple C, as he calls himself, is officially out, Black. Wow. All right, so uh, the National Basketball Association has pushed back uh, the Hall of Fame, rightfully so, for the class of 2021. Um, during the pandemic, it's going to be impossible to pull off. So we're going to have to wait to see Kobe, KG, and uh, Tim Duncan and the rest of the great class be inducted into the Hall of Fame. That will take place next year, uh, 2021. All right, Tom Thibodeau could be your new head coach for the New York Knicks. I do not understand why Mr. Thibodeau <laughs> keeps getting head coaching opportunities. I saw something on Twitter. A uh, Knicks fan said, due to tumultuous, embar tumultuous embarrassment that the Knicks have put me through, Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks deserve each other. All right, and that was coming from a Knicks fan, so we'll keep our eye close on that. All right, man, so that's pretty much all our other news for this week. And before we get out of here, we want to introduce a new segment that we're going to be doing. So. Me and Black, you know, last week with the GOAT episode, we had a lot of voice notes, man. You heard from my buddy, uh, Hassan Edwards. You heard from Papa Gary. Uh, you heard from uh, my father, Dedrick Sr. You heard from uh, Charles Evans. We heard from Fred. We heard from Brian. We heard from a list uh, uh, of, of individuals giving their opinions on the GOAT. So what we're going to do is we're going to create and put out an email account. And we're going to allow you guys to give us anything you got, kind of like a, a voice a mystery bag for me and Black. You guys send us your thoughts, your opinions on anything, any sport, any topic, whether it's throwback, whether it's currently, whether it's a top five debate, whether it's the best player debate, whatever. It doesn't matter. We want your guys' thoughts and opinions. We will be providing this email address on our Instagram and our Twitters. So record us a voice note. Please keep it at a minute and 30 seconds tops, a minute and 30 seconds, and send it to our emails. We will take that email, we will play it here on the sports desk, and we will answer your question, and we will give our opinions on your opinion. So we are really excited to hear what you guys have to say about whatever is going on in the world of sports. So keep a lookout on our Instagram and our Twitter for that email so you guys can give us your thoughts and opinions, man. I think we're going to be a, it's a, that's going to be a lot of fun, Black. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, man. When we was talking about it, man, I just got excited because, you know, people have interesting things to say and it's going to be good to dive into it and break down some of these questions that uh, yeah. our listeners are going to have. Facts. Facts. All right, man. So it's been another episode. Uh, shout out to Freddie Bricks, man. He had to kind of get out of here, man. So we just want to thank Fred for coming through, uh, giving his knowledge and his expertise on everything that he did today. Um, so again, thank you guys for all your support. Thank you for interacting with us. Thank you for all the listeners, man. We really, really, really appreciate here. Appreciate it here at the Sports Desk. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Reduce Lunch Sports. 
You can find me, Desiree L. Hicks Jr., on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle, Black. Where can they find you? And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Black ENL3, man. Y'all hit me up. Yes, sir. So this has been episode 60 of the Sports Desk. You guys be safe out there, and we will kick it with you guys next week for episode 61. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk.